All right, hello, welcome to Adventures and Lollygagging. We are back to playing One Ring, continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign. We are on episode forty-two, very good number. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've we've played like once in the last few weeks. So we're just we were just remarking on how like, wait, what happened? This happened? Who's that? Why why do we want to kill Stephen again? And then we're like, ah, do we need a reason? <laughs> and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I had to double check. And the funny thing is, like, I had I had kind of like tweaked the the overlay a little bit, but I forgot to get it ready. Like, I have it ready. I just forgot to put it in OBS, and so it's like, ah, everything's discombobulated. But hey, we're back. That's all that really matters. And uh, we get to we get to get back to this uh, this adventure. Uh, we're gonna go on a journey here in a few moments, and uh, we're gonna get to see what happens when the rest of the party meets old Daggett. Uh, that's that's uh, should be fun. Should be fun. Swords uh, last... will be drawn. Yeah. Maybe? I think so. I don't know. Could be. Be the second uh, time today Melissa tries to kill me. Yep. Or, you know, the second time in 24 hours that you've tried to kill yourself for no particular reason. <laughs> <laughs> or that. That is also true. God, that money, that, that, we were talking about moments. That moment cracked me up when Melissa was like, hey. It was hey. funny. <laughs> anyway. Jeff was trying to be nice and give me my blaze of glory. I was. And then Melissa's like, what are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> yeah, and I still Jane, gave it to you. Remember, Jane I salvaged. Was. Yeah, you did. You. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I saw what you were doing. I was right there with you. Uh, and if we do get back to that, you can always make new characters. Or you can make different. I mean, Gilly's married now, so there goes the yearning. Can't do anything there. So that's like retirement. You know, <laughs> like there's there's two ways you get yeah, out of the Regency Cthulhu campaign: death and marriage. You know, we don't. Need I need a new one. Georgiana no. be, is married. To be clear, though, Gilly is not married. Gilly's no, Gilly's not, not married is. yet. <laughs> Though Nobody Floyd is, as we all know. Oh, does that Floyd. mean I'm retiring? No, Not it's a different in this game. Campaign. You're cool. You're cool. This <laughs> and one doesn't have as Keep up the poetry and you're fine. It's definitely an LDR with your fairy wife. Definitely long distance. You kind of pop in every now and then as you pass through and then on you go. Uh, so why don't we do a reintroduction of characters? Uh, I really just got to start phasing this out, but it's just so it's so comfortable. Uh, and it wastes like five minutes, but let's do it anyway. Uh, Long, tell us about Floy. Yes, I am Floy, the treasure hunting dwarf. I've got my battle axe, braids in my beard for the adventures and events that took place. The recent one is a bit grayer because of the disease and poison that coursed through me. Yep, that's very, very true. And um, you've spent some time amongst your people the past couple of months. You've you met uh, a new traveling companion here that we'll, we'll hear about more. I've uh, seen your family, been in the halls of, halls of Glad Rock a bit, as as you've aptly named uh, your uh, your place, uh, your place where your family lives. And um, do you remember the name of like? Because you were specifically searching, like one of the one of the reasons this kind of started is like you were searching for that axe, right? Do you remember the name of it? Yeah, it was. This is this is no, he doesn't, but he's checking his notes. That's a different thing than remembering. I don't even know if I wrote it down. It's like cave sword. <laughs> it's cave's uh, axe. It's so it's the sword of it's 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 an axe. Or like almost like a cleaver by Kobar, son of Kame. That's his name. Nice. Yeah, I mean sword and axe, they're they're the same thing. I love the classic, like, oh yeah, I totally remember. Click, 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 <laughs> going through your notes, going through your notes. It's like that's not remembering. And if you wrote it down in your notes, you didn't remember. Uh, but that's see fine, frantic fine. scrolling in the reflection of his glasses. Listen, now the I remember because I long, read it. I'm okay with it because at least you want it and you won't just throw it away once you get it. Unlike some people. 
This is true. Who probably has a name written down of that uh-huh. fun little thing, but uh-huh. didn't have it. Armband of the Myrdane. There you go. I I have it memorized. I know the whole backstory <laughs> and everything because I loved it so much. So much that you gave it away <laughs> to your brother. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see it again. Uh, Speaking of things to clip, the look on Jeff's face when Stephen just handed yeah. that away. <laughs> I was so I was so I was like, why did we invite him to play with us again? Uh, next up, we've got Ashley. Ashley, tell us about Gilly. I'm playing Gilly. She's our Brie Hobbit. Um, she is currently chilling out in the halls of Glad Rock while we've been waiting for uh Floyd and Daggett. Uh, she doesn't know about Daggett yet, but um. Yeah, she's been enjoying the scenery. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. Enjoying the scenery. <laughs> You're like a desperate housewife at the side of a pool, just watching. Yeah, just watching her so. cabana voice. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I want I want that fan art of Gilly just chilling <laughs> and like watching all the hot smoking dwarf like men. Like she's got her and journal and it's, she's like acting like she's reading but she's like looking above it. And you're just holding a massive blunt too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a, her pipe. Total okay. <laughs> oh man. Uh, next up we've got our, our human ranger. The only tall person left in the party uh, is everybody else is shorty now. Uh, Reniel, tell us about Reniel, Melissa. Uh, this is true. Um, being a relatively short person in real life, it's always interesting to me when I am the tallest person because it's just not how that's supposed to go. Um, so Reniel has gotten uh more and more grumpy as we go on. She's kind of gone a little bit down her uh, shadow path, curse of vengeance. Um, she got better at some things. Um. And is going to be uh, hopefully a little bit more successful at some wits related things along the way as well. We'll see. Maybe not. Well, I'm just going to take all the wits checks out now. It's just going to be all. <laughs> I only went from a 17 heart. to a 16, so it didn't really go like that low. You all get so many dice. You're fine. You get. Yeah, you know how hard it is to get you all from fail last tests. Session. Oh man. No, John, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Oh. Yeah, that's, oh, that's a bummer, weird. man. That's a bummer. Well, hang out and chat. Hopefully we can make you laugh or smile a bit. That's a that's a bummer, man. Uh and speaking of bummers, Steven. Uh <laughs> I'm proud of that transition. Uh Steven, <laughs> tell us about Daggett. Uh yes, I'm both a bum and a bummer. Uh so the whole party started getting really angsty and sad. Uh, so Daggett is here to brighten everyone's day. Uh, Daggett is a middle-aged dwarf. He's got a uh, wild thinning hair, an unruly beard. Uh, definitely not the, uh, beautiful dwarf that Floyd, uh, is much more of a commoner dwarf. Uh, his clothes are ill-repaired, uh, well-worn, but he still carries himself well. And uh, he's happy to be hanging out with uh, the Dwarven Lord Floy as his best friend. Okay. Oh, thank you. We just got bits for the transition. <laughs> thank you, John. That's so kind. Okay. Uh, Melissa, you have the tallies, I assume. Is that correct? Yeah, we've got seven. Do you know how many complications I have? Um, 
I don't have any written down. I have 14. <laughs> if you don't have it down, that's how many I got. Prove me, <laughs> prove me wrong. All right. Now I think I have, I think I'm sitting on one actually. I yeah. do have one. On my notes, you have one left. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so let's dive in then. Uh, so let's just do a quick summary and then we'll get started. So last time around, we were doing kind of a trend, speaking of transitions, we were kind of doing like a transition episode in a way uh, where it was like post fellowship phase, post Yule, uh, mm-hmm. after the the tragedies that uh, befell Barenbem, Talendil, and possibly Sorendir, uh up in uh, up in Angmar near Othran Gol. You all spent some time split apart a bit during Yuletide. Uh, during uh, during Yule, I should say, uh, for your 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 fellowship phase, and so we picked up kind of with this sort of transition where the the party was still split. Arineal and Gilly, you were keeping to yourselves in and around Bree, uh, and then word came from a, a dwarf caravan, a caravan that Floyd normally hitches a ride with when he returns back, or at least he did the year before, um, but that he wouldn't be returning. And he sent a note to Gilly. Uh, Gilly, you learned that he was uh, apparently searching for like the Oathbreaker Snagit. And uh, mm-hmm. apparently some sort of famous axe that uh, that had the bane of the undead because Floyd was kind of obsessed with figuring out a way to help combat some of the undead creatures that you all had to face out in Othrangol and Angmar. Uh, so eventually you all packed your things, the two of you, Gilly, Arineal, you, you said your goodbyes, you traveled west, uh, and you encountered on the Great East Road uh, just east of of the Shire, a group of hobbits, uh, and uh, they had been Can accosted by bandits. remind us of that voice, please? Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Rufus Foggybrook and uh, and Bandit shot my pony in the ass. It was terrible. Can... Or you could say maybe it's like he shot my ass in the ass. Ah, there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. such a dad joke. <laughs> so so you all you, you offered them some aid, uh, but eventually you parted ways, and uh, you started traveling through the Shire again. Shire travel very. Relatively uneventful and easy, etc. And you found your way across, and you made it to the River Loon. The two of you, where you uh, observed this small hamlet hidden in the wood along the river. You saw that its inhabitants had like scars, like that were sort of characteristic of like uh, of punishments for like thieves and things like that. So it's a small little thievish community uh, along the river west of the hills of Evendim. You uh, snuck past and uh, eventually found your way to Gladrock without too much trouble. Uh, it was springtime after a very tough winter uh the toughest probably since the fell winter roughly 50 years or so ago meanwhile floy and daggett uh the buddy cop drama you were searching the blue mountains uh between the halls of gladrock and cragstone above and below for daggett's brother snagit who we've met before who accosted the party when they were traveling with uh with balan uh several months prior uh leaving gladrock heading to harmelt and then down uh towards the forlond area uh let's see so you had a couple of encounters. You you met a ranger woman named Danith uh, who had broken into a dwarf tomb and she had been carrying the body, the dead body of a dwarf named, uh, and she made up a, a pact uh, with her her friend uh, to to lay him to rest in the the ancient halls of his people, the halls of Dremar, who had lo- long since been abandoned. Uh, and you you aided her, and in doing so, she actually gave you a lead on where Snagit might be. As uh, about a fortnight passed, she had encountered. Snagit and the Oathbreakers uh, over by the little loon, that little river that runs uh, kind of ventures off westwardly off of the, the major river, the loon. And uh, so you all kind of left as, as friends. You gave her a hand. Uh, and then as you were kind of still kind of searching around because you wanted to wait for Gilly and Arineal, you came across a, an old 
an old dwarf by the name of uh, who gave the name Raleigh, son of Rodin, who had lost his spectacles and was trying to find his way home to his wife, Meg. Uh, and you all, because you were good, good young dwarves, young-ish dwarves, uh, gave him a hand. And you 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 took him up the mountain a ways to where it looked like part of the peak had just recently split like some sort of strange breaking of the earth had caused entry now to this old uh, old ruin long since you know abandoned or, or or lost the time and as you wandered through those ruins it kind of became clear that he was not playing with a full deck you found this uh, this underground dark like like icor like lake and as he was fixing uh fixing dinner you saw Meg his wife supposedly start emerging from the water and it was this massive aquatic centipede that while it didn't immediately attack you, it was a massive aquatic centipede. So you all fled uh, and you took the the place down with you uh, and you kind of collapsed it, leaving both Reg and Ma- uh, Meg and Raleigh to die or to just be by themselves. Uh, eventually, the two of you returned to Gladrock, kind of trying to find the timing. And that's when you saw that Gilly and Rineal had arrived. Gilly was uh, peering out from above her journal, looking at all the hot cousins of Floy. And moving about, uh, we will pick up there uh, before we kind of dive into it. You do have, so we're, we are going to do a journey here in a moment, but before we da- dive into that, I'll leave it open to you guys. Like, how does this reunion go and how does the introduction of Daggett go? So I turn it to you all. What happens here? Is that who I think it is? I see Gillian reading all the distance. Oh, as she puts her book away. Hi, Floyd. How was your trip? Oh, it was fine. I'm here now. I'll give her a hug. You look great. So I'll turn to you, Arineal. Uh, you're all right. And Arineal <laughs> is definitely cooler towards you than she has been at like previous times when we've kind of broken for, for fellowship or whatever. And she will um, sort of give you a nod. Say, I hope that you enjoyed your Time with family. Uh, not too much time with family, but time with this guy here. I'll introduce Daggett. I flash you a big grin, and I uh, kind of take a knee in front of Gilly, I guess, so like we're eye to eye. You must be the fearsome warrior that Floyd's been telling me about so often. Um, Gilly doesn't read sarcasm very well. So she's going to take this sweetly. Uh, and, I mean, I'm a scholar. Uh, well, I, I've been traveling with Floyd for some time now. And whenever uh, things get a little slow, he told me that his uh, friends who were very fierce warriors uh, would threaten me when they arrived. So I assume this must be you. I will. And I kind of give some side eye to Floyd. If you step out of line and I will tell Floyd to kill you if that's necessary. Oh, oh. And she she's just got some spark. <laughs> uh, I believe I was kind of voted in charge last time, but I don't know if that still applies, but we'll see if it's necessary. And she kind of like, will just poke your chest and be like, so you better behave, mister. Um, why is he with us? As she turns to Floyd. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, long story. Put an arm around Floyd's shoulder as he's talking. Ah, yeah, we've become best buds in the past couple of weeks. But come, come, come. When did you get here? Um, a few, few 
days ago why they said you guys went out uh looking for snagit yeah snagit yes that's right i can't believe he stole those toys that were supposed to go to children that was terrible Yes, oh, he's got a soft heart. He was going to give him away. Really? Because last I heard, when he robbed us for those toys, uh, he had a bunch of people with him who were horribly sick and he wouldn't let me assist healing them. That's really irresponsible as a leader. I'm sure it was just a big misunderstanding. I don't. Uh, I haven't introduced myself yet. My name's Daggett. Really? What do you guys have? Like, are other you related? Siblings? Uh, we do share the same mother um, and also the same father. Okay. What a weird phrase. We share <laughs> the same mother. <laughs> um, well, shouldn't he be like shackled or something? Oh, no, it's oh, fine. If he tries to do anything, he won't try anything. Okay. Let's say that. But come, wait, I've just become aware of his of Snagit's whereabouts. So we'll Thanks say, to my earnest efforts. We'll say we see like the camera, you know, pull back a bit. So we're no longer like mm-hmm. really hearing the specifics of the conversation. And like the four of you are kind of huddled over like ale and meats and stuff that are brought out by some of Floyd's cousins and brothers and mother apparently comes out and is happy to see Gilly and Renee once more. And... And essentially what's conveyed to you is what we've learned, you know, last time that Danith, uh, this ranger woman, a Reniel, that might pique mm-hmm. your interest as well. A, a ranger woman who was was traveling companions uh, with, a, with a dwarf named Bellic of the, the Halls of Drummer was like, ran into them, ran into these Oathbreakers uh, just north of the Little Loon on the river uh, and that they were apparently heading. Uh, they exchanged information. She was looking for the Halls of Drummer and they were looking and trying to learn a bit about like old kings and old, you know, lore uh, relevant to like Arthedane and Arnor. And she was able to kind of convey that. Um, and so she kind of gave you all a, a general idea of where they were headed, which was there's a, a, a story and it kind of ties into something Balin uh, several months back also mentioned. Like this, this rumor of these old dwarf mines far to the north in the Blue Mountains where an old king. Uh, of mm-hmm. either Arthur Dane or Arner, the specifics of which probably, you know, weren't were lost on the doors themselves specifically. But Arinal, you would probably be able to piece it together. Uh, King Arvadui, like the last of Arthur Dane, and like he had fled after the fall of of Fornost, and him and his his people, uh, they kind of took what they could, and they traveled, and they were heading far north, uh, and um, at some point they kind of took shelter within an old dwarf mine and. I would say the the stories in terms of what happened after that are unclear, uh, but lo and behold, there's still treasure up there uh, in these old these old dwarven halls, and that's likely where they're headed. And so all of this is kind of transpiring with the course of like this meal, this, this you know malt beer, uh, fresh freshly cooked meat, no vegetables whatsoever, and you all kind of have a general idea of where you could go. So we're gonna we're gonna kick into the journey phase, but before we do that, I'm gonna give you one last chance. Is anyone switching any uh, any useful items or something like that? Good question. Not Gilly, and I'm not up at a new um, wealth to be able so to if, get a third. 
if you're if you're speaking with some of the people around here, not most of the like Flo, you've probably never gone that far north. And same with you, Daggett. Like it's really far north. Basically, you're going up to sort of the near the ice bay of Forishell, which is like far up to the north. Um, and while it's springtime, it's still going to be very cold up there. Uh, but compared to where you've been recently, uh, everyone but Daggett, I should say. It, it won't be nearly as bad. Like you're, you're going in springtime, end of spring, start of summer. So, but you can still expect for it to be quite cold by the time you get to the far end of the arid Louis. So just keep that in mind in case that sort of sways some of your items. Okay. Do we have a rope and hook? Or does anybody? Yeah, I've got one. I think, yeah, Gilly does. Okay. So if there are no changes to announce, uh, and uh, we can stalling a little bit on mine because I do have to replace because my snowshoes are broken. So I do have to replace it. So we already have a rope. You can get new snowshoes if you wanted them. You have, yeah, you've you had could. time. You could have just repaired them. Like mechanically speaking, I can't take them away from you. It's just I think we were like flavor wise saying they were broken. Yeah. Switching okay. something up. All right. Unless some, a new idea comes up, I will stick with. Okay. So if you if that's the case, then if you want to look at the map here, I have marked for you about where you're going. If you can see, uh, if you're looking at the map, I got everyone to huddle around the halls of, uh, of Gladrock, uh, kind of uh, just south of the little loon in a forest uh, on the foothills of the Eredluin. And you're kind of traveling pretty much far to the north. So we're going to dive into journey phase. If you were, and remember, we have the rules for that are in our, our journal, if you want to take a look at that on Foundry. But one of the, there's two things we're going to do right off the bat. We're going to draw your, your trek. Like, how are you going? Which route are you taking? Remembering that fully going over mountains isn't really a thing and that you have to concern yourselves with river travel and stuff like that. So, like, where are you going? Like, how are you, how are you traversing it? So go ahead and whoever wants to do that can kind of start drawing that out. And then we need to review our roles since we do have a new party member now and that might change some things up. So while you all are figuring out the path, there are four roles. Guide, they do the travel roles. Hunter does the hunting roles. Uh, Lookout does the awareness roles. And Scout does the explorer roles. So how far can we travel while we're in the mountains? In the mountains, I would say like if you're if you're looking to stay in the mountains, uh, if you look on the map the way the art is, you see how like the, the eastern side is all shaded. I would say as long as you're staying like on the shaded side and not trying to go up and over the peaks, you can probably stay within the mountains most of the way. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I'm imagining we just like follow that like okay. a crescent shape towards. It. Yeah. Uh, so give it a draw. Go ahead and go ahead and draw it. And we can say, like, even what you're doing now, like, while you're eating, you kind of move the food off to the side, and you've kind of unfurled these parchments and things, these old maps, perhaps, of the Blue Mountains and some of the the halls that are still occupied. Many of them have been abandoned, and even recently, as so many dwarves have left the Blue Mountains now that Erebor has been, has been cleared. Uh, so there's a lot of places along the way that just aren't really inhabited anymore. And there's also more than uh, a number of old dwarf mines and dwarf halls that have long fallen to ruin since ages past, uh, like ancient history of the dwarves as well. So, uh, but you go ahead and you, you give that a draw. That's fine. 
And so you'll you'll be going over the river twice, but you're kind of picking decent spots to do it. You're not going over like the thickest parts and you're not going too high into the peaks themselves. All right, so then let's- Are we, uh, av- are we avoiding? Oh yeah, I see, because we're crossing it down south and then we're crossing it once up north. You will, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're not going to avoid it no matter what because the river does go up into the mountains, but it's it'll be it'll be thinner but here and there. The and mountain streams. Part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you've kind of figured out. You've got your your map kind of unfurled a bit, looking at these these mountain halls and such of the dwarves. Some of the some of these maps are old. Some of them are, are newer, as like scouts of the, the past couple decades or so have tried to update things here and there. Uh, so then let's figure out what the roles are going to be. Um, again, remember there, there are the four guy does the travel role. Uh, hunters do, uh, the hunting role. Explorer does the, the, or excuse me, scouts do the explorer role and the lookout does the, uh, awareness role. So how do you guys want to handle that? I would still prefer the awareness role if that's possible. So you want to you want to continue to into the lookout position? Yeah. Okay. I will put you over there. Uh, to tell you guys what my character can do, um, I am good at travel. I'm moderate in exploring awareness, and I've got nothing in hunting. That means Arenio might be the hunter again. It sort of makes sense. Like, this is your neck of the woods, so to speak. You know, it's your mountains. So do we want to move We want to move Daggett into travel? Do, would you trust Daggett to make the choices, Arineal, as to where the, the party journeys? Um. So having this conversation, Arineal, you know, has been working on kind of getting better at travel. And so she's just, there's going to be a lot of sighing of just, that, sure, sure, that, mm. Yep, that that works. That works. And she's still getting used to like um Sorendir's absence looms large, I would say. So anything that continues to change things is just sort of an irritant for for real. And Daggett is completely oblivious. He's telling you how many times he's been up north, just dozens and dozens of times. He he practically grew up there. Uh, and on the map, he's just showing you the route that he would suggest taking, which is incredibly circuitous and crosses the loon like three times. Uh, and Floyd will tell you, I, I have a great sense of direction. I, I've gotten him everywhere we needed to go within a half day, quarter day. Yeah, I'll, I'll get us up there by the end of the week. That is wonderful to hear. I will make sure that I keep us in good food and good tracking. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so I set up the travel sheet. Uh, so I put everyone where they're supposed to go. So you just double click on the token, the the company token there. You should be able to see everything. Um, I think everyone's set up. I'm actually moved up. To, okay. So last I call. I think I'm still in the wrong place. Hold on. No, you're you're good. Make sure you click on the token on the on the map. Don't. You're in the hunter role. Now I'm in the hunter role. Got it. Okay. Okay. You do. So any last business before you all sit out? I think I'm good. Okay. okay. So then let's go ahead as we depart. Maybe a day, a day or so later, 
you, you bid adieu to your your mother, your cousins, your brothers. Gilly, you do as well. Um, you get your equipment together, sharpen Can I your roll axes for and swords. Please. Yeah, go ahead and uh, yeah, roll for your <laughs> and uh, and you you head out, um, get onto the mountain paths uh, just outside of Glad Rock, and travel for the first day or so is is remarkably easy. As Floyd Daggett, you know these these this area extraordinarily well. Uh, but once you get the further and further north you go, the further and further away from regularly inhabited halls you'll get. Uh, and much of the journey is going to be over land, but there might be times at which you'll be going kind of underneath and they're finding caves and such, whatever Daggett decides to find. So why don't we start with our travel rule? Um, so Daggett, if you want to go ahead and give us our, our travel rule. All right. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a, I got to learn my new numbers here. I'm sorry. I'm, I, well, my target there. numbers have changed. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, that is a great success. That's how Melissa plays board games. I got to learn my new numbers again. <laughs> just uh, so great success. Okay. So. Uh, so if you recall, what that means is that that just essentially determines how, f- how far into like the GM hex map it is before you all, um, before you all suffer your first, uh, your first, uh, event. Two, three. So it's like four. There okay. you got your 15th complication. Oh, oh, thank you very much. Uh, with, yeah, with I, I, I've been doing more inconvenient and strange. I agree. Like, I, I'm not trying to kill him with this. Just trying to make things a little bit more difficult. Uh, all right. So then I'm trying to remember how to do this. So then we're going to do our target is going to be our lookout. So Gilly, if you want to roll an awareness test for us. Uh, pass no extra successes. Okay, so everyone, go ahead and take a take a fatigue. Um, as actually, wait, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, that's right. You guys are actually on wilderness stuff, or uh, what's it called? There's names for it: Borderlands. What's this one called? Darklands. You guys are actually traveling across darklands in the mountains, which means mm. I get to roll that twice and take the worst. So yeah, you guys take two points of fatigue during the travel. And how much does a Reniel take? Thank you for asking. <laughs> a Reniel takes none. You push her off. Okay. <laughs> so at some point, um, as you're as you're traveling, we'll say this is this is probably day three or four uh, as you've moved up a little bit. And the first few days haven't been too difficult. Uh, you've sort of reached down to this sort of careful pass along the foothills and such. At a certain point, however, you you come across uh, like this this series of this brook that's kind of trickling down uh, the rocky uh, the rocky portion, and it's not particularly wide. Uh, it's maybe you know ten feet across at its at its greatest width, and it's not particularly deep either. But what's curious about it is that it is very much orange and thick, and you cannot see the bottom. And by orange, I, I do mean orange. It's got this kind of orange kind of coloring to it. 
Um, at one point, Gilly, uh, and this is like an ill choice, basically. At one point, you one of your ponies, Beat or Root, kind of comes over, starts taking taking a drink at it, and begins to suddenly spat and spat and spat and like vomit a bit. And then you see they get very, very sick. The second one does as well. You guys spend a little bit of time having to like care for them, make sure that whatever it is that they drank is, is isn't bothering them anymore. And it's, it's during this sort of delay where you hear the sounds of children uh, screaming, laughing. You're not sure exactly what. And it's a little bit further up the mountain somewhere. And you can see it kind of tracks up, uh, tracks up the, the, where the brook is, but you hear them like kind of screaming and shouting. What would you guys like to do? Arania will kind of immediately kind of gather, make sure she's got her her bow and her swords and just kind of look at everyone else. We must we must provide assistance. Children all the way out here? Let's, let's take a look. Oh, my, my, my kin may uh, set up anywhere. So there can be children anywhere. So now, do we need to cross the river to get to where the voices were? You can start just moving up. It's up the slope okay. a bit. So you can figure that out as you go. Okay. As you move up the slope, it's maybe 10 minutes away before you see two figures, very small, uh, that are on the opposite side, the, the northern side of this brook. Again, the, the coloring of the, the water is still horribly bright orange and you see they're you can tell first of all floy and dagger that these are dwarvish children like in terms of their stockiness and their height but you can see that they're draped in these too big for them cloaks and robes and that they are they're relatively colorful themselves like at the cuffs and things and they're kind of screaming at one another as they're sitting on top of two different rocks on the opposite side and like they're like yeah! and they're making these weird sort of symbols like these uh these movements towards one another uh but the minute like, you guys get kind of close one of them who is who would be kind of facing you as you come up the slope suddenly stops the other one keeps going and then kind of motions in your direction and they both turn around they look at you and they're like one of them in this sort of weird kind of voice that's a little bit cracky uh it's like who dares approach the great wizard? Why dost thou want to cross the brook? And then the other one just starts snickering a little bit behind. It we is don't... the great dwarven lord Floy. They kind of look at each other. Ah, yes, Floy. We have heard of this one. Hmm. What? What brings the great lord Floy to this? And they kind of look at you. Um, mountain path, slope, brook. Oh, it appears we heard screaming from the two of you. Ah, we are locked in a deadly battle. Yeah, well, why are you fighting? Um, did, uh, this one poisoned the stream, and I aim to uh, clean it. Uh, thwart him. Make it. I did it. No, I, I didn't. I didn't dirty the street. You did. Not me. Come on, well, me. It wasn't me. Well, you heard him. It wasn't me. Could you clear the stream? A, a horse, a ponies. Could have gotten sick from it. Got, gotten sick? 
Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't do that. And I got sick, they did. Oh, that's because a great poison has come down the mountain from the, 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 the dragon who bleeds its blood into the water up above. Yes, yes. That is quite the story. Quite the story. So what are you, what are you battling with? We're casting spells at one another. Um, blah, blah. And they start going back into their emotions and stuff like that. And they're like, and they're just like two like young dwarven kids sort of playing around. It seems at being magicians of some kind. It's very peculiar. It's a very weird sight. And, and Floyd, you're not wrong. There's you're, you're, you're a few days away from Crackstone or Gladrock, which are kind of the two most northern inhabited halls by families that didn't make the journey over to Erebor. So it is kind of peculiar to see t- such young children uh, outside of their own halls, out, you know, surface uh, on the surface in by themselves. Uh, are you pants there, boy? We have no parents. We are great wizards. Wizards have no parents. Um, and then the other one is like, um, they're up the ways a bit. They're doing some survey. Like, long shut up. Uh, oh, um, yes, we are great wizards. We have no parents. All right. <laughs> Get back to your no parents, then. We'll be on uh, our way. Uh, uh, yes, on on with you, Lord Floy. On, run away, you coward. Refuse to face us, mighty wizards. And then, like, what? What, 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 what are you talking uh, Yes, yes, refuse to face us. Should we go speak uh, with their parents? I, indeed, I do believe we should probably. No, 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 don't, don't speak with our parents before. <laughs> well, you've got no parents. Like, there's like this constant struggle between <laughs> them not wanting you to talk to their parents and wanting to stay in character. Uh, lean down to Gilly. Uh, Killing you, entertain them for a moment. I think they'll be fine. Me entertain them. All right, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean. So, did you guys know that uh, hobbits can turn into trolls sometimes? Of course, we knew that. We're great wizards and magicians, we know all. Why, we could turn you into a troll if we see fit. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. What kind of creatures have you uh, felled with your great magical powers? As like, Gilly's like motioning for them to continue on. Wait, we slayed the great dragon whose blood now roams down the mountainside. And so then you did your poison the water. Now the dragon poisoned the ponies. We just that's killed the, the consequences dragon. of you killing the monster. Well, it would have been a lot worse if the dragon went around and killing people. Really? Uh, do you even know the dragon's name? I do write stories. I would like to uh, write down a story of your adventures, if that would be fine by uh, you. Uh, the, the name of the uh, dragon uh, was um, uh, Golden Fang. Golden Fang. And <laughs> what is your name's? I am one son of Wolle. And then the other one's like, I'm Log, son of Lick. Okay, okay. And she writes it down. And then they're like, no, wait, uh, no, uh, Log and Wellme, we don't have parents. That's, 
I mean, you could have previously had parents and maybe they died. Why did you say our parents died? That's not very nice. They're just oh, so you do up. have parents. They're seven. I'm confused. Well, me, I don't like this game anymore. Oh, shut up, Long. They're, they're, they're rich up there. Oh, what for? Just... Are you Mines. planning to move in and make your own halls? Mines, that sort of thing. You know. I mean, no, we're just looking for place, you know. What do they say? My dad says the mines are running thin, and so they're looking for more places, you know, somewhere mm -hmm. they can find. He doesn't want to... I meant... Uh, how dare thou talk to me in such a casual manner? Uh, and, and Gilly just kind of giggles. Um, what, what halls do you hail from? Crackstone. Oh, this is Ashley looking at her notes. Um, uh, it's the one I think, uh, that Floyd visited last time. Yeah, okay. made a deal with the, the guard. Got it, okay. It might even be where Dag is originally from. I don't know. It's up to you, Steve. It's at least where you met me. Mm -hmm. Were you guys there when stuff was stolen? You kind of look at each other. Um, oh, I heard that treasure. Someone came in and robbed us of treasure. Yeah. Well, did you? I was just wondering if you guys heard anything. Did else you about steal it? it? I think they might have stolen it. You know, and they're kind of going like, oh, did you no, steal it? I can cast it. a spell and I can read your mind. Do it. What am I thinking right now? You're thinking of dwarves. Lots Wrong. and lots of dwarves. Now I am. Bad chested didn't oh, buy no. the fire. What on earth? This seems wrong. Have you read Is my that diary? My cousin? <laughs> And there's, nah. like, one particular dwarf man who, like, tends to, like, come to the forefront more than anyone else. Maybe don't read my mind unless you are over the age of being an adult. I, Floyd, how old do you have to be to be an adult? I think it's, like, your 60s. Yeah. You should definitely not be reading people's minds. That's dangerous. Wait till you're 60. You told me to. And I'm a great wizard of untimely age. And I was trying to think of potatoes, and then I got distracted. Potatoes? Uh, yeah, they're the best. So, long last one, he's like, We tire of this conversation, so it's time for you to off with you before we turn you into pigs. And he starts, and he picks up this like this sort of shiny looking rock and he's like and he starts you know like he's acting some sort of spell mm -hmm. what do you do all right we're on our way great wizards and we'll just yeah. trot all the way and then you hear like oh, as you're talking to the parents as you're oh, waddling you away to... you hear let this mock down in the day when the great log son of Lig and the great Romy son of Wolier thwarted Lord Floy of whatever petty whore he comes from. And you hear them shout as, that and giggle. As we're leaving, I whisper to them, we've got to go bury our treasure. 
one of them will say, Womi's eyes get really wide, like, treasure. Oh, I want some treasure. Good. Can I? Illy stole it from Flagstone. Cragstone. <gasps> and so, Womi looks over. Look, they said they stole it. We gotta tell your dad. They stole They're the ones who stole it. Let's go. Let's go. And then they like hop off their rocks and they start running up the slope at that point. Okay. Now we follow them to their parents. <laughs> the plan you. was. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Floyd, there was a Daggett, plan there other than just throwing Gilly yeah. under the proverbial like, bus. <laughs> Floyd and Daggett, you would know that like surveying various, you know, various caves and slopes, it's, it's not uncommon. Like, you know, I mean, bringing children is maybe not necessarily ideal, but like, it's not the most uncommon thing for people to be journeying it up here, looking for different places that they might start new mines and look for anything. I mean, the Blue Mountains in many ways, especially towards the southern side, has been long and that they've been mining and mining and mining away. And so there's not as much, much place, much, much places to look for. So everyone's just sort of looking for whatever little bit they could they could find so reneal would be interested in following them back up to their parents um and also kind of keeping an eye on the river to see if we can sort of find this the beginning point of this sort of orange color uh sure give me uh, like an explore test or something like that, or a scan if you prefer if you're looking for something hidden uh, definitely explore is the better way to go for me. Because it is favored. Yeah, that is a success with one extra success. So great so success. You're on the south side of this brook. They were on the north side and they ran off up into the slope, kind of uh kind of west and slightly to the north. So they're no longer in sight. You follow the trek of it as it starts to wind its way up, you know, kind of through the the mountains themselves, the foothills. And you can see it kind of start to snake somewhat southwardly to the point where it almost feels like it's running parallel at a certain point uh, to the ridgeline. And that's when you come across it. And then you actually, I mean, like for a moment, you might even take a like a step back and sort of sort of shock, but you see this huge, it looks very much like a, large dragon or or lizard creature but it's entirely made of stone it's been like carved and shaped into the rock itself uh, you can see scales uh, very meticulously uh, crafted into the stone by most likely dwarven stone workers you can see what looks like an incomplete mouth like head of the dragon as if someone hadn't quite finished whatever like freeze that they're doing. And the thing has got to be at least like 15 feet, 20 feet long. Uh, you see a, a, a tail begin to sort of snake out, but it kind of eventually merges with some rough stone at a certain point. And you see curiously like right in like kind of the belly or upper chest, you see there's this huge crack in the stone as if like the, that suffered some terrible sort of horrible trauma to it. And there kind of peeling out of it you see water but it is as you can tell orange uh and you also notice that the the stone of the belly itself where the scales are it's got this kind of orange yellowish almost rust colored to it as well uh and it does seem to be pouring out of this belly and kind of creating this little brook moving down the slope so everybody will kind of go back to everyone 
uh, Floyd, Gilly, uh, Dag Daggett. Uh, the the children were um, playing make believe, but they were actually truth telling. So she'll show oh yeah, I've been here a hundred times. Everyone knows this place. It's very common. Lord Floyd, you've been here too, haven't you? In the area, I haven't seen this. And I'll take a closer look if something of how large the scale this is, if it's sort of patchable at all. Uh, roll a scan test. So you either have to climb atop it and kind of look down, like kind of lean over the edge and look down at the underbelly, or you have to like trudge into the water itself. Either way is fine. As long as you're not drinking it, you're okay. Great success. So when you peer, say you're hanging over the side, looking through uh, like this huge crack in the, in the, the belly, and you can see that the water itself kind of goes deeper like into the mountain at a certain point. Like you can see it just funneling in. But you do notice that much like you, you can tell right here, there's all sorts of this these different sort of lines, like striations, veins, and there's there's some kind of metal, um, whether it's like a, a copper type or something. And you think that is likely what's causing the discoloration of the water as it kind of pours out, as it almost seems like it's filtering through uh this this structure or this this carving. In terms of repairing it, not really. You would probably need like like plaster or something and and to, to replace the hole because it looks like whatever the crack came from, the hole, it just kind of flopped down uh, into the water itself. When you look down at the water, you can even see there's chunks of stone in there that likely at one point were like part of the puzzle piece here. Um, you do notice though that there is like, you know, something shiny, like the, the belly is very much hollow. And you kind of move, like maneuver your arm around inside and you kind of pull out this sort of gleaming, beautiful, colored ore uh, that you would probably peg as some kind of coppery ore. Uh, put down treasure two for yourself. It's a big, gleaming chunk, and it would look how happy he don't is. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> there are there are uh, metal workers. There are metal workers. Hey, that's great. he's a treasure hunter. It's right there on his thing. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so treasure two. Is Floyd is removing that going to solve this problem though? I mean, this this poisoned water was ill for our our ponies. I don't know if it'll solve the greater problem, but it's solving mine for now. Is there is there more to remove? Perhaps if we cannot patch this, we could remove enough of the substance to stop this problem? I'm sure the dwarves over there will survey the area, get a better idea, clear it up themselves. So we'll continue on, try to locate their parents. And... Uh, if before you want we, to. Yeah. Before we go, you said the, the head was unfinished of this carving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see like, like, the start of the eyes and down to the snout, but it doesn't fully extend out to the mouth. Okay, okay, never mind that. Why would you want to do? Nothing. It's fine. Okay. Are, are we are we going to continue? It's just the danger to the wildlife here. We should try to do something. We can't fix every little problem we come across, Neil. We've 
we've got places to be. What a wise dwarf. That's why they made you a lord. I, th- I think you're the only one that's made me a lord, but I welcome it. So do you then return to your ponies and cross the brook and continue your, your journey? Or or do you want to actually seek out these parents somewhere further up? Who knows where in the mountains? Um, uh, Daggett is no babysitter. Fair enough. And they're dwarven children, too. And so I think you two would probably have a better handle on their dwarves hanging around on a mountain. They're fine type of deal. You know? Yeah. As long as we don't feel like it's Snagit, uh, Gilly's fine with just going back. Oh, no. Snagit doesn't have any children. No. Other than no the two. Of. No. Uh, well, maybe three. No, no. He doesn't have any children. Well, if you all are okay with the destruction of your land here and the poisoning of the wildlife and the fauna, then I suppose we can uh, move along. Sounds good. Are you saying my people can't handle this? Didn't seem to be of uh, efforts in the direction of uh, fixing the problem, but northernly we shall go. And Arinia was hoping for like solve small problem, have small win, move on. And she's like, okay. There was a row back over her shoulder and mm-hmm. north we go. Okay. Arinial just needs a win so desperately. I mean, <laughs> Floyd does have two treasure, so I guess I guess that is a win for him. That is a win. All right. So you guys Arinial's noting the like two dwarves are seeming to agree with each other a lot. It's good to be uh, annoying. So you move back down. Uh, to where you would kind of lift your ponies, you find a way across. It's not hard to cross. Uh, again, it's only 10 feet across, very shallow. You find some rocks to kind of hop and such. Maybe you camp down for the night nearby, and eventually you you continue on your journey. Uh, so, Daggett, go ahead and give me uh, another travel roll. All right. Travel. I keep dropping dice every time. Uh, that is three Gandalfs. No, uh, <laughs> that's not even possible. <laughs> the way you all roll 20. dice, it is. <laughs> that is a regular success. Okay, so regular success. And go ahead and move you guys a bit. Okay, and let me do my target. This is going to be for the scout. Uh, is the scout Floy? I believe is that correct? Yes, yeah, me. Uh, go ahead and roll your scout test. Scout. Ooh. That's a Gandalf great success. Okay. Uh, everyone go ahead and take two more fatigue. Travel in these mountains, even the foothills that you all But he got a Gandalf. To. Doesn't matter. Uh, there is basic fatigue gain, and then there's the extra effect if you were to fail, which he didn't, so you're okay. So you don't get Imagine the mishap. Imagine if he failed. If if you, I rolled a mishap, so it would have been if the tested roll fails, you add a day to the length of the journey and the target. In this case, Floyd would have gained an additional fatigue. In this case, it's just two for everybody. It's the standard. And I do trust you, Jeff. I just have to give you shit. No, no, no. I know. I mean, like you're very clear uh, last <laughs> night that you wanted <laughs> rules to be followed and instead of fun. <laughs> it's fun. 
I don't allow fun in my games, okay? Oh, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thankfully, there's nothing to reload in the wandering. So you, the two of you, you're still within probably a week's travel or so of Crackstone uh, and probably... You know, eight or nine days travel of Glad uh, of Gladrock at this point, and you're still periodically maybe you've you've encountered a couple other random travelers here and there, uh, folks who are just kind of out scavenging or uh, folks who have managed to find some sort of small you know small area in which to sort of park their things or they're doing similar to what the parents were doing of those those two uh, dueling dwarven magicians. But as you're as you're traveling, you do one night as you take your camp, set up your watch. You've got your, your it's getting cooler. The air is getting much cooler, and so it's very. It's actually quite cold at night. Uh, there's a slight rain that kind of comes, like this little sleet sort of forms, but nothing too terrible. And compared to what you've done before, again, it's not too not too hard. And at some point in the middle of the night, Floy, you kind of roll over. And your eyes kind of open up for a minute as you go to kind of scratch at something. And as you're looking off maybe 15 feet away from where you've camped, the light of the fire has illuminated a rock wall that maybe you didn't necessarily notice too much of to begin with, or maybe it's kind of coated in like some grime or some uh, some vegetation. But you see like with a start, like faces looking down at you. These these kind of contorted, strange faces. Except what's very odd about it is that it lacks the kind of usual dwarven stoicness. And they are dwarven faces. It doesn't have that kind of angular, you know, the kind of angular cheekbones and sides of the eyes and stuff where everything kind of looks very stark but well-crafted. Instead, it's it's almost sort of foolish in some regard. Like the faces look like dumbfounded they look bizarre uncanny valley feeling to them in a way that kind of probably rests on your shoulders a little bit unsettling maybe you even wipe your eyes for a bit thinking you're dreaming but when you when you look again there there's these three faces looking down at you and they all have this very unsettling peculiar foolish visage on them and they're staring down at you while you try to sleep yeah, being a bit bothered by it. I'll take a closer look, see what even make this kind of thing. So you, you venture up. Does anybody else come along with him? Uh, you're welcome to say you woke up and look, or you can just let him do it. It's up to you guys. Yeah, I wouldn't let a dwarf venture out alone. Okay. Of course. All right, so Daggett, you eventually kind of scramble after Floy, Arineal, you wake up moments later, you see that the two dwarves have wandered off and so you kind of venture and they're not that far away you find them again 15 20 feet away or so and the two of them are, uh, are are standing at the base of this this relatively flat rock face and you can see carved into it are these very distorted bizarre looking visages of like dwarves of old but almost in like this sort of mocking sort of distorted sense 
It's bizarre and unsettling and strange in a way that just doesn't seem to align Floyd and Daggett with like the usual types of of architecture and and, and craft you see. Um, I want the two of you that actually, the, just the dwarves, uh, both of you go ahead and roll a shadow test here. Shadow test is uh, for, for dread. So it'd be valor. So roll a valor test. So D12 plus the number of D6s equal to your valor score. Twelve. I failed. Okay. I uh, failed with the Sauron. Okay. Uh, with the Sauron. Okay. Thank you for letting me know. Keep track of that. Um, okay. So I'll say both of you go ahead and take a point of shadow. Uh, not so much because necessarily there's anything affecting you, but it's just like who would do such strange like desecration? Except it's not so much desecration as it is somebody did this from the kind of ground up and it's a ways away and it's kind of looking out down the slope into the valley to the east. And there's these, this is something about it is, is, is quite peculiar. Um, the three of you uh, and Gilly, if you're there, you can roll it as well. Uh, if you want to look around, you can roll a scan or an explore if you'd like. Either, either of those would do. Uh, it's a pass on an explore. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, great success on a scan. Okay. So we'll do this back to back. As as Gilly, you kind of come up maybe a few minutes after they've been kind of staring at it, looking at it. The, the faces aren't so much the point where you would be able to recognize exactly who they are. But I would say the reason, Floyd and Daggett, that it starts to kind of sink into you as something bizarre, it almost looks as... It's the faces of like the grandfathers of dwarves, like at least three of them. Uh, you don't see like it's not necessarily like Durin's face, for instance, but it's like something of, of great special lore to dwarves, right? And it's it's shaped in such a way as almost to like kind of mock them, and that may be tearing away at you. Arrhenial, as you're looking around, you notice uh, not too far away there is this obscured cave with a couple bits of uh, kind of vegetation that you notice have been like almost flapped over top of it. Like it's a, like it's a screen, like someone has intentionally obscured the entrance to a small little cave with this stitched together uh, piece of vegetation. And when you go inside, uh, you notice that it appears as though someone was staying here. No one seems to be here now, uh, but you see a, a kind of hardened mat for sleeping uh, on top of a relatively flat stone. Uh, and Gilly, you notice that kind of tucked into this small cubby, there is a, a large kind of toolbox filled with masonry tools. That's your scan test. And you're able to kind of, with your, your small height, not very much light, you're able to kind of pull them out and you see these very ornate, very, uh, very well used, uh, tools for that any kind of high quality artistic mason might use. Yeah, she'll she'll take those uh, and put them on um, root in the pack. What, do do we think someone's using those? Uh, if they did, they made these creepy, creepy faces. Gilly, I would say you said you got a great success. 
you would yeah. also notice that some of the tools or maybe the toolbox itself, you can tell it there's, it actually looks like there is a maker's mark on these things. Like there are, they've been like the tools have been claimed, mm. they've been signed and so, but you don't know what it means necessarily, but you can, you know that the fact that this is like a thing that sometimes crafters do, but you wouldn't be able to recognize specifically. If you gave yeah. it to the dwarves, I would let the dwarves roll a lore test if they wanted, but. Um, yeah, she'll show it to them. Okay. Well, you go lore. ahead. I, I wouldn't really know much about maker's marks. Uh, Daggett, you should roll actually, cause you have spent time, uh, the, the, you should I'm roll. saying my lore sucks, Jeff. <laughs> you should still roll. It's okay. Can I still do craft or no? Uh, yeah, I'll take craft. That's fine. Oh, well, craft. That's a different story. No, only <laughs> only Floyd. Because you were a dick about it. <laughs> nice. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, buddy. What are you? <laughs> a great success. Okay. Uh, and I went you- from... Failure to uh, three successes. Okay. Both of you uh, would be able to piece it together as you kind of dust away some of the, uh, some of like the caked up earth that has kind of gone on top of these. You can tell, I would say both of you can tell these haven't been used uh, likely in, in some time. They're not so old as they're falling apart. Like they are modern tools and they'd likely have seen use sometime within your lifetimes so it's not like these have been sitting here for hundreds of years but you can just tell that with the way some of uh like this the stone has uh has kind of nestled the dust is nestled in certain places and just like the, the sheer dust in this area that this likely hasn't been touched maybe it's somebody was working on this before winter and then kind of tucked them away here but you too would recognize the mark of a dwarf stone carver by the name of Bozdruk, who lived or lives you're not sure exactly within Cragstone Hall. And I would say with your extra successes, you would know, uh, especially you, Daggett, that he is a troublemaker of sorts. Uh, he is definitely a ne'er-do-well, and he is somebody who has um, operated with a bit of disdain uh, for like kind of the ruling classes of the, in the in the in the people of of cragstone in glad rock and stuff so uh, the type the of dwarf who might be able to help a good dwarf named snag at break into a treasury vault certainly uh, possibly i do not share that though and instead i will lie down on the sleeping mat to try and compare the height of whoever slept there to my own uh, you are slightly taller than them, but not so much that your feet drop off the end. Nope, not snag it. We better keep going. Uh, and I would say that, uh, Gilly, with your scan, you were able to to search the room. It's very stark. There's not a whole lot here. You don't see like clothing other than maybe like a work apron uh, hanging on a uh, hanging on a little nook in the wall. Uh, but there's no signs that anyone's been here. There's no collections of food or anything. No one's been here, you can tell, for some time. Like, at least a couple weeks or months, you would say. Right, okay. You said those carvings were a way out. How far? Would you so say? you're about, like I was saying, you're roughly in the neighborhood of, like, maybe a week or so from Cragstone, a day or more than that from Gladrock. It's about a day and a half travel, I think we said, between Gladrock and Cragstone. Gladrock's a little further south than Cragstone. So you're looking at like about a about a week. Uh, 
I possible I want to like undesecrate these? Sort of make them look a bit better. Okay. Uh what I will say is that's gonna we're gonna put a I'm gonna make a make a craft roll for this, and it's gonna take time. Uh, these are large, they're probably each one of them of about 10 feet in height, uh, each face. But you could either desecrate them, you could like kind of do something not so much to repair it, but at least like to like black out or 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 destroy the the sort of the, the insult that it's making to like the dwarven fathers could, of old. Could I do something to help, but also make it take longer? Sabotage a little bit. I I don't want to desecrate it more. I just want to like, you know, hide a tool occasionally as I'm helping. Absolutely. Uh we'll say, Floyd, you're gonna roll craft. Uh, but then I'm going to want Daggett roll like, um, hmm. Stealth. Stealth is fine. Yeah. Just a success on my part. Okay. Uh, regular success. Regular success. So this kind of on its own, if the, if Daggett wasn't interfering, this would probably take a day or two for a single person uh, not caring so much for like artistic integrity, but more just trying to make it so it just doesn't look so insulting and so strange. But with Daggett, uh, who you d- I would say you're not aware is kind of sabotaging necessarily, but is kind of being is trying to help. Uh, but you you like lose track of like a chisel here, your hammer kind of goes missing for a moment. You have to kind of scramble around to find it. Uh, I'm gonna say this is gonna take uh, this is gonna add uh, two extra days. Uh, and I'm going to say everyone's going to take an extra point of fatigue as well, uh, as this is extra time. I would actually say, Floyd, you would probably take two points of fatigue as you're doing the proper work. Okay. At the end, I'll uh, clap Floyd's back. Oh, we did a good job, didn't we? Two dwarves working together, breaking out a sweat. Certainly Nothing finer in this world. And while they're working and kind of doing their dwarf thing, uh, over Neil would have gone over to Gilly. Um, and just so this is interesting now having two uh dwarfs in our fellowship. I rather like dwarves. I you do. This is this is true. I'm not quite sure what I think of the new one though. He's, uh, I suppose when you've been through all that we've been through, it's different when someone comes in and they haven't been through the same things. That, and, and at the time, Gilly is like smoking her pipe and, um, I feel like he's blowing out more smoke than I do. It's quite astute. He is not... With Sorendir, I felt that we trusted him relatively easily. I do not feel the same about Daggett. Maybe he will prove himself, but... I think it's... He's too friendly. He's trying to be too... uh, useful and... Eager. Yeah, either he's an idiot and he's messing up his assistance or it's more nefarious and he's assisting his brother. I'm not sure. 
keep an eye on him. So you hear the tink, tink, tinking of Floy and Daggett, and it's dark. You can see that, Gilly, maybe they borrowed your lantern and they have it kind of set up and they're working second night, okay? Mm -hmm. The two of you are talking by the fire, eating whatever, smoking, and this is the second night you've spent here. Um, Actually, second night after the very, so probably the third night you spent here. All of a sudden, Perennial Gilly, the two of you see streaking through the sky, this dark sky, no, no, no clouds. You can see stars, uh, no thunder, no nothing. It's just it's, it's a beautiful night, actually. But you can see streaking suddenly as if from further up the mountain to the west, to the northwest, I should say. You see four streaks of what look like fire just well up ahead and just, just swooping down each one within a few feet, maybe 10 feet of each other or so. And it's just like this, not perfectly parallel, but close to it. Like some sort of, like uh, almost like a formation, but it's a little bit off. But you can see them just streaking overhead. You hear a very slight sound of as they pass over. And then you can see maybe about 100 to 200 yards further down the foothills. You see they slam into the earth. Oh, it was. We we should we should see what that is. I I agree with you. Uh, They they're busy. I suppose we could let them know that we're leaving, though. Floyd, Daggett, we're Gilly and I are going to go investigate some. I, I, I don't I don't know, but it fell from the sky. Uh, if we scream, you Floyd, you know what to do. We'll be here. Sounds like fun. Enjoy yourselves. If we're in danger, Jeff. We're in danger. I like how I like how you know what to do. We'll be here. We hear you scream. We'll stay right where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gilly and Arineal, you you trek away from the camp down the slope. It's not hard to find, as you can see as you get closer. Again, it's about 200 yards away or so, maybe, give or take. But it's rough terrain, and you're going down a foothill slope, so it's not the easiest of travel. But it's quick. It's relatively quick. And you, when you get close, you can see there's little flick, you know, flickers of flame. There's a sense of smoke here and there. But it's not like some huge crater or anything like that. You just see these small little sources of fire and kind of dotted about uh, within maybe a, a radius of about 10 or 15 feet. You don't see like any disruption in the earth or anything like that, but you do see the fire on the ground. Um, you will scan if you like, uh, if you're looking around. Both of you can do it or one can assist the other. It's either way is fine. You're muted, Ashley. Regular success. Okay. You notice as you look as you're looking around, there are four birds on the ground. Uh, you can tell that they're on fire. They're scorched. Uh, they're they're decent size. Uh, they're not enormous. Uh, you're probably smart enough with your lore. Some kind of hawk, maybe. You're you're not mm-hmm. entirely sure, but probably that. You can tell by like their talons and things. Uh, they're they're unfortunately all dead, but you can tell that they 
like they've died from you're not sure if it's the if it's the impact or if it's the fire but mm. you can see that like right where they're laying on the ground their bodies are kind of broken a bit uh their their plumage has caught on fire and that has spread to some of the so the vegetation in the air the shrubberies you're able to quickly kind of pat it down a renial so it doesn't spread too far but you count four of them and you count four little sources of fire and that's what you find why would someone alight birds I don't know it could be a warning of some kind think you think someone knows we're here We do have Daggett amongst us. I I wonder if we could and Arineal I'm not sure if this will work exactly, but Arineal will sort of take out her bow and she's sort of doing geometry in her head a little bit of sort of like if she were to loose a bow, kind of what arc would the bow take and see if she can try to um, get some sense of like where these might have been loosed from. That's interesting. Um, Perhaps a battle roll? I'll take that. Yeah, sure. Okay. I was thinking something more witsy. I think it it seems witsy. Uh, But I'll take it. I'll take battle. It's fine. We just haven't had one in a while. It feels feels like a riddle roll to me, but I'll, I'll take Got it. Okay. You say it feels riddly. Well, because like if yeah, I mean because you're doing you're it, just kind of it's like, more wits. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can take it. Yeah, it feels like a like a because you even said you're doing geometry in your head. That yeah, sounds like yeah. a wits thing as opposed to a you know a battle strength thing. But that's fine. Go ahead and roll it. Yeah. Well, in battle is under heart too, so it's kind of a different. Um, but if it's a if it's specifically like you're using your knowledge of using a bow in battle, a bow, like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. That's fine. Okay. Well, thank you for that because I get an extra two because uh, of my helm. So I'm rolling at I'm rolling favored and forty sixes. So that is um, just one success. Okay, it's 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 hard to say uh, because they came down less like they like they were kind of sloping down the mountain uh at least 20 feet uh, over your head when they swooped over top of the camp uh but you're able to kind of based upon where you initially saw them and where they kind of came down eventually you can sort of figure out something of an arc it's so hard to say because they're birds and they have agency in terms of when they're swooping through the sky. It's not just a ball that's thrown or an arrow mm-hmm. that's shot. So it's not mm-hmm. the same thing. Uh, but if if they were on kind of a direct path and they didn't swerve or change, uh, I mean, they, they probably started well up the slope, uh, at least a mile, maybe more. I think, Gilly, uh, I, th- I think... Maybe able to locate where I, I think they came from. I want to grab the dwarves and investigate. Yeah. Uh, before that, um, is Gilly can uh, have they cooled enough where Gilly could possibly look and see if anything was like 
stuffed in their mouths or oh yeah that that's fine yeah you can easily do that um as far as you can tell uh you don't need to roll uh you have such good such good healing you can't see any signs of like them getting felled by an arrow mm-hmm. uh, you don't really see anything to suggest recent wounds other than them crashing into the earth and the fire uh you don't see any kind of Again, other than just like the falling to the earth, which they're still birds, so it's mm-hmm. it's a little different. They're the light the lightness of them doesn't have like the total destruction like say a human would if they fell in such a way. So you don't see any like mangling to suggest that they were attacked or harmed other than being lit afire and crashing into the earth. Got it, okay. I don't see any wounds like a a person did this to them. I wonder if they just came across an open source of flame. Four of them. I could see one. One could certainly do that on, on accident, but it would surprise me if four all... It does worry me. There's four of us and four of these birds. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Um, and and Gilly is gonna pluck um a couple of the less burned um feathers, just as like in case she runs into other birds to try and like identify. Okay. Yeah, we'll say you're you're able to get a couple that haven't been completely scorched. Let's let's head back at least. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Crippler. Do the birds smell good? <laughs> I have dinner tonight. Uh okay, you return. Uh and then I'll we'll say all that maybe took, you know, half an hour, forty five minutes. You come back, Floyd, Daggett's still working. And if there's nothing else you all are looking to do tonight, you can easily turn in and we can return to our journey if if that's okay with everyone. But if there's something else you wanted to explore or do, we can do that as well. Going. Okay. Do we want to? Yeah, I'm good. Sorry, but do we want to try to investigate where we think they came from? Yeah. Uh, where what came from? Exactly. <laughs> Four. As, uh, Wait, we've I kick some dirt it. over one of Floyd's chisels so he can't find it. <laughs> kick some leaves over it. You just step on top of it and just grind it into the ground. Birds falling from the sky. Fire. Four birds falling from the sky, a lit of flame. Do you know where they came from? I have a general guess as to where, uh, up the up the side a bit. We could take Ten a to one, the they came from the sky. Thank you. They, they did. I, I saw them come from the sky. Wondering where they started their journey from. Okay. So do you, in the morning when the light comes, do you go try to find this, look more, or do you get back on the road and onto your journey? Hmm. My fatigue is building here, guys. That is true. It's weird weird how that's happening. (laughs) So strange. 
perennials like we can keep going it's <laughs> <feel great>. she <laughs> doesn't right, get yeah, it feels good <laughs> uh, so we are, I'm gonna need it seems perennial you, you seem very interested in this and you know what it, it piques my interest too and Gilly, you seem to like to write stories Bert, flaming birds falling from a sky that that's a great story to write I, uh, I say no, we no. go investigate here he goes again been to this before directs me to these places he's stalling again boy i would never stall your no, companions no, no, no. are clearly interested we know we where snagit is we should continue and <laughs> looks at gilly the Ooh. moment daggett like started showing interest and <laughs> in, like we should go here gilly looks at rineal and is like we're going <laughs> we're going back to where we're supposed to be Okay. And Aurelio sort of looks at Gilly, sort of hurt for a second, and then reads the look. It says, oh, yes, Floy, we are in your area. We have a task to do. We will do we will do the task. As the Lord commands. <laughs> Morning comes. You pack up your things. Floy, you look up, you feel your you feel your you're satisfied. Uh, with with his work, uh, no more interruptions in the night, and uh, you pack up your things and you return to your journey. Uh, so, Daggett, if you want to give us that travel roll, Gilly's collecting the tools back, and she's like, "Who buries tools when they're done with them? Like, it's covered in dirt. It's a total. It's a it's a dwarf. It's a dwarf thing. Dwarf thing. <laughs> Not Bury the them in dwarfs the earth. I've come across." <laughs> Them in the other, it makes sense. You can come up with something there. The tools go back to the earth or something. Uh, uh, okay. That is a great do? success. A great success. Okay. So once more, uh, you will move with great alacrity. Uh, okay. So somebody's on the map. Moving with alacrity is not what I consider a great success, though. You can, uh, let's see. Where are we? You're getting very, very close. You're right at like that last little tail. This will this will oh. probably be the last okay. journey at this or last journey event. Uh, okay, uh, so let me hit my target for this event. Uh, this is going to be hunting. It's going to be you, Arinio. Oh, hey. Uh, go ahead and uh, roll a, your hunting test. I thought this whole journey was just going to be me looking suspiciously at our new uh, travel companion. I have been nothing but nice. That's why we're trauma. We have PTSD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Nope! 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 That is not a success. That is an eight under thirteen. Okay. Uh, so this actually is another mishap. Uh, so everyone takes two fatigue. Uh, a day gets added to the journey, so that's plus one to this. We'll cover that in a sec, uh, and then. Uh, you would normally take an additional point of fatigue or any of since it's, since you have your uh, your specific uh, talent um, there. Dwarf. Or, sorry, I'm a ranger. You're not a dwarf. <laughs> Surrounded by dwarves. Very confused. Am I a dwarf? Endurance. Everyone's a ranger. You have dwarven endurance. <laughs> so we'll say you kind of come up to the kind of snaking like kind of uh, the, the curving nature of of the river loon like you're at the very northern parts of it you've traveled far enough north now that 
you can start to see that the 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 area here is a little grayer. Uh, it's not it's not necessarily covered in snow, but there are you know little little chunks of ice here and there, kind of still haven't fully thawed. Maybe spring is a little late up here, uh, or maybe uh, it's just always like this. It's kind of unclear. Uh, and all of you who you kind of bringing some of the furs out to kind of cover yourselves a little bit thicker. Uh, and you find the this this river, and it's not like the brook where it's just a few feet across, but it's actually much wider. And not only that, it looks deeper, and you can see little tiny chunks of ice moving through it. So it's quite cold. Um, and even bending down, kind of taking a quick sip of it, or ta- you know, you can you put your hand and you can feel the cold. So just wading through this would probably cause some some trouble. So we'll say Arinial as you know, as as the hunter, uh, you know, everyone's kind of set up camp nearby you're trying to to be good about your rationing you try to keep at least a, a decent amount of the rations that you've brought for the return journey dried meats and things and so you go kind of hunting in the forest there's a if you can see on the map there's sort of a forest just to the west mm-hmm. of here forested mm-hmm. foothills and you're and you catch sight of a of a deer uh this kind of prancing about in the in the forest and and as you're about to Kind of let loose your bow. You hear like the sounds of something cr- like a large cracking. It's it almost sounds like thunder for a moment, but then you realize it's it's more like kind of the crack of of rock. And you look off to the northwest and you see the slope on which so much of this forest has been built on. You see a sudden swash of this like small avalanche of rock and chunks of ice just swoops down and it kind of smashes and, and runs over and that kind of takes down a tree or two. Mm. And as you're looking up at the source of it, you can see well up the slope. It's it's daytime. The, the, the light is still out. Uh, it's a little dark in the slope since the sun is kind of probably over the western side of the Blue Mountains. You notice a strange structure or shape up on the ridge, uh, about 500 yards up, you would say. And you can see what looks like this massive eagle, maybe, uh, this structure, this stone statue. Once more, you've seen so many, you've passed by this more than once, these kind of random, randomly placed, seemingly randomly placed or, or ruins left over and, and not reclaimed in any way. Mm-hmm. But you see this creature just like right up at the top of where that that sort of uh, the avalanche began. And you can see there's on the underside of that ridge, there's still chunks of rock and ice. They're kind of dripping down and, and falling, uh, you know, following the, the larger slope. But as you're looking at it, you notice then its wings kind of break, break out. And you see this wingspan of 10 15 maybe maybe even 20 feet you don't know and the head kind of tilt and you realize it is not it is not a stone statue but an actual creature that suddenly looks down in your direction and you swear you can tell Arinia that is staring at you even at this distance its head just is so perfectly aligned and then it leaps off into the air and begins with these huge and slow and methodical thoosh, thoosh, thoosh. 
and begins climbing into the air and flying kind of in this northeasternly fashion. It's very pale as it passes overhead, kind of this white and gray coloring, um, much larger than the, 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 the hawks that Gilly was able to recover. Like this thing is huge. Uh, mm-hmm. You probably have heard stories of, of maybe creatures such as this, uh, but you've never seen one yourself and never here. Uh, well, then again, you've never been here before. Uh, but it almost seems to blend in somewhat with the now kind of graying, whitish sky. The clouds above are like these big tufts of snow or, or cotton. And you see the creature just swoop into one and then disappear. And you never see it kind of come back out again from the cloud. A few Meridian moments later. Will just sort of take a, just take a deep breath. Yeah, a moment or two later. As you're kind of stepping away, you, you look back, your deer is gone. Like the, the sound of the crack caused it to run. Mm-hmm. And you, met, you eventually find like a snow hare or two, like a small hare that you're able to, to take out. And you've got two of them kind of over top of your, your back as you're, as you're coming. And you see on the ground as you're, you're passing by this, aval- this small, like localized little avalanche, you see on the ground this enormous feather must be like the length of like your forearm, maybe your full arm. And it's got that kind of grayish white coloring on the ground. And it's, there's something about it. Like you can see it, there's like a, like a peck, like a pickling to it. Like the coloring is, is sort of strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, like there's a discoloration. But it's laying there on the ground, kind of in the path that it swooped away. And you're able to kind of, kind of pluck it out of the ground if you wanted. Definitely. And, uh, return to the group then Irineal will uh, kind of drop the hairs um, toward the the dwarves and um, kind of motion to Gilly yes okay you expect us to cook this you you know how to clean you still I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't mind at all. This looks great. Nice job, Arenial. You're very welcome. We will eat. We will eat well tonight. And she kind of gives you like a kind of a fake toothy grin, and then kind of turns around to Gilly. Just saw the most fearsome flying eagle, and she'll kind of from under her cloak, she'll kind of pull out this feather. Just look at the size of this. That could eat me. I I I thought it was a, I thought it was a carving or or a a statue, up the mountain. And I I I, should should we have a rope tied between you and me at all times? Because if something snags me, I I don't. It flew away. So I I I could just I could be wrong. I, I could be just thinking that everything is out out to get us. It was just the size and the color. Who eagles don't come in this color? Did you did you hear whispers when you saw it? I I don't I don't believe I did. I just well, that's a good at least. Gave me quite a fright. There was a, an avalanche first, and then it flew flew off oh. toward the bay. It's headed off in that direction but 
I saw you grabbed a feather from the hawk the other night. Do you want to add this feather to your to your book? I could describe it to you. You could draw it later. Yeah, we could we could do that after dinner. It's like three times the length of your book. Like if you place it in a yeah, like it just like sticks out. sticking out like it's a yeah. far too big hot dog and a far too small bun. <laughs> Which is exactly ever, what happened. Go ahead. Have you ever skinned a rabbit in your life? You're butchering it. Oh, Floyd, we'll be feasting like we're in the halls of Glad Rock tonight. As I accidentally just like rip a leg off. Oh God. Yeah, you do you you just do an absolutely hideous job. Roll a hunting test, Daggett. Uh yeah, this is my uh my talent here. Uh so that's just a plain D12. <laughs> uh that's a fail. <laughs> so Floyd, you're not wrong. He does an atrocious job of skidding these conies here. And to the point where like there's still meat left on the fur that he kind of discards off to the side. And like he doesn't like in, in certain places where you'd expect him to have like kind of cleaned away some of the fiber or some of like the tendon areas and kind of break this apart. He hasn't done that. And, you know, his his job is so poor that like he basically you basically get the meat of essentially one large hair from these these two kills. And so it's a very light meal in terms of meat. And the whole time I'm talking about how good it's going to taste. And as as we're eating dinner, it's just a very quiet affair, except for presumably Daggett. Like the rest of oh, us. Oh, this is just- so good. I've never eaten so well. I and and Arineal being the one that like got that is sort of looking at what's in. <laughs> She's sort of scooping into the stew and just sort of like looking at the two of you and like the math just doesn't quite work out with what she killed and what is there for the eating. Um this is a stew. Yes, and thank you, Arenial, for providing us this feast. Daggett, where do you hail from? Uh, the Blue Mountains. Which halls? Uh, the Blue Ones. The Blue Mountains. Because Snagit did mention that you, at least he, was from Glad Rock. Oh, yeah, we're from all over. Where are you from? Bree. Bree. I've always wanted to go to Bree. I've heard it's amazing. Where is it? I thought you traveled all over the place, Daggett. I tend to go north and south and uh, east. I, I don't think I've made it that far to Bree yet. Well, then you'll probably I, I don't go west much. It. Not even something you'll need to know then. If you stake to your uh, northern areas. I mean, you're more than welcome. My dad does grow uh, delicious sweetgrass. Do you smoke? Oh, sweetgrass. I love eating it. No, no, no. no. It's uh, okay. And and Gilly was going to offer you some to smoke with her. And then she just puts it right back away. <laughs> okay, so... The meager dinner, uh, probably there's some stomach grumbling deep into the night, uh, but you're Especially not interrupted. Gillies. Yeah. <laughs> 
there's there's, there's plenty of broth okay plenty of broth and there's other things in the area uh it is springtime and although it is cold and a little rockier and a l- not it's not desolate necessarily but you can tell that there's a you know, there's a there's a filter to the ground and to the sites. Everything's a little grayer, uh, but you can still see trees. You can still see animals moving about. There's, uh, you know, there's even a few a few bushes and berries and things that you're able to get and kind of supplement your your food. Morning comes and you're able to cross over this sort of this sort of narrow tail end. Um, I would say you're able to either uh, kind of find a tree or two nearby and kind of forge a forge a, a sort of m- small raft that kind of get, get you across or you can, can go up the mountain and find a, a more narrow route either way you're close enough to the uh, to the end of the, the travel phase here uh, to your destination that you don't have to worry about another test and so we can say that you have um you've effectively reached your journey so um let's go ahead and end the journey and figure out your fatigue and then we'll continue on after that so really quickly um i think two of you have mounts right yeah are you using them as 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 mounts like you're you're riding them periodically yeah okay so mm-hmm. go ahead and subtract their vigor from your current fatigue all right uh, i have two vigor on my pony okay so subtract that from the fatigue you took along the way your travel fatigue same thing for you gilly yeah, I believe mine is just one vigor. Yeah, one of you had a had a worse one than the other. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, okay, so the next, everybody makes a travel test. Success. I passed. Okay. Oh. So a success will reduce your fatigue by, by one. And then each additional success you roll on your bonus die is another one reduction of your fatigue. Just a regular success for me. Yeah. Melissa's so bored right now. Fatigue. What is, what is <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Steven in chat saying that he forgot to pick up a mount. Like you wanted to pick up a mount or you're just saying no, that. He just wanted to well, lift I've... it to demonstrate his feats of <laughs> yeah. strength. Uh, I, I'm not used to playing a character with a wealth score. Um, mm. So I could actually have a mount now. And I just forgot. It's no big deal. Whoops. I even gave you time. Uh, okay. Yeah, so you did. It's not your fault. All, very rarely it's, is it. But <laughs> I can, can appreciate the being Very rarely it's like, mine. It's usually yours. <laughs> all right. I can appreciate that. Like, there's nowhere near enough treasure to buy a mount for uh, Kittle or Renew. All your remaining fatigue that you have left is now put on your character sheet. Okay. In your, your travel load box by your load score. Okay. Get it. All right. And so remember then um, that you will recover fatigue uh, if you're if you're taking prolonged rests. So in, in a safe and sheltered refuge. But we'll cover that when the time comes. So that's where you're at right now. And so what we'll say is you you spend the day. It's an, it's another day or so to cross the river. You you build some sort of raft. You find a, an easier route, whatever it might be, to kind of bypass the the tail end of the river loon, or at least actually the starting point probably of the river loon, well to the north here. And eventually, you kind of continue along the foothills, and that's when I would say Floyd and Daggett, uh, you you recognize that sort of the at the at the base of one of these foothills, you actually see what almost looks to you like this snaking dwarven path 
Like you've seen them in your own, your own way along your own halls here and there. Uh, it's slightly overgrown uh, here and there, but you can tell it has the same kind of, same sort of sort of circuitous paving route. Uh, but you see a path that seems to kind of weave its way up uh, further into the foothills. You kind of put your hands kind of up to your brow and you look up and you can kind of see, oh, maybe a mile, maybe a little bit more as you squint along like the sort of the this this relatively flat face of of the mountain it looks almost like there once was some kind of sort of edifice that's kind of collapsed in upon itself and you're wonder and you would probably wonder if maybe that is that that sort of sneaking path leads up in that direction this doesn't look familiar to me at all. I feel like maybe we took a wrong turn somewhere. Should we go back a mile or two and try to find the right path? You know very well we're here. I'm just just trying to... You keep telling me if I take you to the wrong place one more time. I don't want to make any mistakes, Lord Floyd. It's okay. You can make as many mistakes as you want until we get to snag it. Because you're my ticket to the X. I clap you on the back. Oh, we're becoming fast friends again. Does he know the stakes that are at hand? Apparently threats do not fear him. No, did you inform him about our adventures in Angmar? Uh, Very little. That Hang explains bar. why he's so chipper. He doesn't understand. Understand what? That great darkness is growing and the fires have been lit in Ingmar. And that the darkness is encroaching closer and closer to our homes. Well, you're a very sad hobbit, aren't you? If you've been... To where we've been, you would also feel the sorrow of losing friends. I kind of soften a little bit there and my smile uh, shrinks a little bit. I'm sorry. That's fine, Nuggets. Not many would understand the situation we're in. But let us head up this path. Does appear to be the path to take, and you do, and it's and it's not too difficult. Uh, like I said, the the it's an older path; it's overgrown at times. You can see where more than once along the way, a chunk of rock or maybe a, a small like uh, overgrowth, something crumbles off to the side, but nothing that is is particularly difficult at all. Even your ponies are able to traverse it without much uh, much difficulty. Uh, eventually, uh, after you know. Maybe maybe an hour at most, uh, as you're being careful along the way as you venture up. Uh, you do notice that you the path does, in fact, as your instincts were telling you, Floyd and Daggett, it does, in fact, lead you to what you think was likely once a mine entrance. Uh, you can see, like the the, the sort of the, the various shapes and the reinforcements. They all have kind of collapsed. The stone itself doesn't seem to sort of quite have been worked anytime recently, but. You can see that it's caved in, and at once this was clearly an entrance to a mine, uh, but it doesn't seem to be 
accessible currently. Like it's uh, the rock, the stone, and you can see some of the the reinforcements, the reinforcement beams have all kind of collapsed and kind of blocked whatever this would lead into. Uh, I would say if anyone would like to, or you, you can either roll a scan uh, or an explore, uh, you can do a assist too if you want as well to, instead of rolling on your own, you can help somebody else out. You said scan? Yeah, scan or explore would probably be fine here. Well, I have advantage in scan. Advantage? No, no. Be careful. Be careful. That's ill. <laughs> you got your, your favorite. Favorite. Oh, yeah, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Long doesn't pay uh, I fail. TTR. Uh, okay. Great success. Great success. Fail. Uh, regular scan success. Okay. So I would say, first of all, uh, Gilly while you see your two dwarven, dwarven companions staring at the, the collapsed mine entrance, maybe looking for some other way path. Gilly, you notice that kind of off to uh, sort of the southwest from here, you can see that the so the relatively flat ground you're on does seem to sort of snake away. And you can see that this very narrow secondary path kind of forks off kind of underneath what looks like a like this this sort of bush that appears to have been ripped apart here and there. Floy, as you kind of come and look at what Gilly's staring at, and you see that there is this sort of secondary path that moves around kind of the southwestern side of this peak uh, into which this uh, this mine has been built. But more than that, with your great success, you can see there's like signs of, of like a torn piece of cloth or fur like in this bramble of a bush that, you know, is on either side of the of the path itself. And you can also notice that there are some treaded, there's some treaded ground here. Unlike much of the place that you've been traveling about before, you haven't seen any signs of really anyone traversing it. But you can see what looks like very large uh, and very, uh, you know, common looking dwarven boot prints, sort of similar shapes and uh, that you would see anywhere in around Glad Rock or such. Someone's passed by here and you would peg it as not, not Recently, as in like the last day or two, but certainly within perhaps maybe the last week or so. The hunter is true. There are dwarves here. Well, that is good news, Daggett. We may find your brother soon enough. Oh, I'm sure it's not Snagit. There are dwarves all over these mountains. That doesn't even look to be his boot size. He has extremely small feet. I used to tease him about it all the time. There is one set of boot prints that you notice kind of skirting off to the side. Very small. Very small. Oh, look, a child dwarf is here too. <laughs> it's uh, it's in the canon that uh, dwarf children, like they're born with enormous feet. And then over <laughs> time, it shrinks. Uh, they shrink. It's a true story. So it... Think if I had a family member that I was able to see soon, I would be hopeful for this. I agree. Oh, I know Snagit's fine. I just don't think he's here. Do you not care to see your brother? Oh, I love seeing my brother. We get along just great. Then this will be a happy reunion. Indeed. And you will get your treasure, Floy, as this excursion is uh, about an axe, am I right? 
A bit more, but yes. So I'm presuming then you follow this side path around. Yeah. Is that fair? Do you leave your ponies out here? What do you want to do with them? Hmm. Is there room for them to come in? Uh, you can bring them in, but you would know that, you know, this this is a mine, not necessarily uh, a dwarven city. Uh, so it's it, 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 certainly the, the mountain has been worked, but there's no telling. It's been so long abandoned in this. This, the entrance is collapsed. Like, who knows what you're going to find inside. Okay. I want to kind of hide them away if possible. Okay. So no one uh, can like, really find them. Yeah. Roll a, uh, I would say roll a stealth test for hiding them. And I will note that down for later. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to turn around and they're going to snag it on the on beat. <laughs> can I help him hide? If you would like. Roll an extra D6. Roll an extra yeah, D6. I was going to say, does Floyd okay. let Daggett help him hide the horse? I'll roll an extra. Success. Okay, so great success. What, what two? Not just success. Regular success. Okay. Yeah. That's it, huh? That's a shame. Okay. So you say goodbye to your, your ponies, and you come, you hide them, you find this little small kind of nook around further past. Like, you, you follow the side path, and you find this little nook where there's this series of these small trees and, uh, and bushes, all a little, like kind of pine, you would probably put them and you kind of find a, a place to sort of nestle them out and away from the path. And as you return to it, you see that Gilly and Arineal and probably Daggett, maybe actually, no, just Gilly and Arineal since Daggett was helping you are standing there and they're staring at where this path has led to is you are looking now at, at another entrance. It seems like into that same peak that the that that front collapse entrance probably leads to except this time it's open you don't see anything to suggest there has been a cave in here but i would say as 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 you're staring at it it's this kind of gaping maw it almost looks like the side of the mountain is like opening a mouth in a way and you can see that at the very top of the of the the cave in or the cave opening you can see these little kind of bumps, little striations that almost kind of look like teeth or fangs of some kind. And the, the sort of the working of the rock, the striations kind of create this this strange effect is almost it's like a face. It doesn't look like an actual face the way that Floyd's discovery did. Uh, but it just more is just sort of the, the natural look of the rock. But nonetheless, there is an open entrance here that seems to go into these mines, these old mines. While um, the boys were um, dealing with the horses, um, Gilly would like to look for like danger, like traps or uh, markings of animals, like predators that might be nesting in the entrance. Okay, roll a uh, roll scan test. Uh, great success. So you take a few steps in. You're looking around on the, the kind of the interior you're looking you're doing it very slowly carefully of your lantern out being very methodical looking for any signs of traps or even if not a trap something that might signal like noisemaker or trip trip wire or something like that and at one point you do actually come across this small very thin cord that seems to run across behind this this these these two um gross of, of rock like that sort of narrow the path further and you can see as you get a little bit further in 
that this 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 cord comes between them and behind. And as you step over top and peek around, you can in fact see that there are a handful of pots, these old kind of steel pots of some kind uh, that are attached to the end as if if you were to accidentally walk over, it would make all sorts of calamity. Uh, but you don't notice anything in the sense of like danger, like it's going to hurt you. There's no like arrows mm. popping out of the wall or anything like that. Just the, just this sort of signal trap, essentially. Okay. If uh, I'm able to like disengage the trap, or maybe I'll point it out to Arenial so she can. If you would like to dis, yeah, if you would like to like unhook it and stuff, that's fine. You can totally do that. It's also easily avoidable. You just step over top. So whatever you prefer. It's just if you if you want but, to. Arenial would probably say back. I having spent time alone, sometimes it, it may be best to leave this for our safety behind us, and we can just make sure not to trip it ourselves. Good eyes. Uh, thank you. Um, Gilly's still going to disengage the trap, though. Sure. I'm just going to make a quick note. Something else entirely, not necessarily <laughs> this. For the thing that comes sneaking behind Just us. an idea I had for <laughs> a different that game. Melissa just gave him. <laughs> okay. So everyone has now seen this trap. Gilly, you've taken care of it. Uh, I do. Okay, so this is going to. We're going to progress through here, and and we'll say as you start exploring, you realize you have not entered into some great, beautiful, wondrous chamber. You haven't walked into the mines of Moria and looked up and see like it's not this glorious place, but rather it very much looks like a, a roughly hewn mining path that you've that you've encountered, and as you kind of descend down a little bit further in you can see this undulating movement of the passageways it becomes very labyrinthine uh, and you can see branching paths left and right you can say some are kind of venturing a little further upwards some deep down and they get to all kind of come these these intersections left and right so you get the the feeling that this is a very circuitous mine and what that means is that uh we're going to it's not so much gonna be a skill endeavor um, but to make progress uh, somebody in the in the party, we're going to do a different person each time. Uh, you have to roll either an explore or a riddle to kind of keep progressing without without kind of having to waste time or backtrack or something like that. You can potentially do alternate skills if you want. However, those are going to be ill-favored and they're going to be ill-favored. So even if you're, even if you have it as a favorite skill, you're still going to roll it ill-favored. Mm, okay. So, but it's either explore or riddle to move. Um, I'll go ahead and start if that's okay. Sounds uh, great. And also one other note, if you do roll an ISR on, please let me know. Would I be able to use my useful item? I have a harness that, uh, I can, a leather harness that I attach to my helm, uh, and it holds candles. Uh, so I light a couple candles that just sit, uh, next and kind of, they're obviously uh, very susceptible to wind. Uh, and I'm stealing this from the Hobbit movies. Uh, but would I be able oh, to I use that for a bonus die? Uh, for what role? Uh, explore. Oh yeah, absolutely. That sounds perfect. Very useful here. You are inside. There is a little bit of a breeze from time to time, but not anything that is so strong that it would 
it would knock out the flame for this outside might have, but not inside. Uh, that is still a failure for me. Uh, the whole time, I, my heart doesn't really seem in it. And I am uh, singing uh, at normal volume a, a dwarf working song. How does that dwarf working so or what is it about about that uh hi ho hi ho off to work we go oh okay. i'm sorry wrong franchise we're gonna get copyright strike <laughs> oh dear oh dear okay so snagit take or daggett excuse me takes the lead oh my god i spoiled it uh daggett takes the lead and gets this little fixture gets this light up gilly you look at your lantern which is probably giving off much more light but nonetheless Daggett mine, you know, a dwarf, dwarf in a mine should be, should be reasonable for him to take, take the lead. And you, you, you find yourselves moving you know, down one passageway and kind of passing these, these old striations. Occasionally you find signs of reinforcements from time to time, old tools on the ground, like well, well past any usefulness. They, they kind of collapse in your hands if you pick them up. Some of the some of the iron of the tools and things like that are still intact, but like anything that was wooden, like any, it's it sort of since sort of faded. It's been hundreds of years, if not longer, since these things have been probably used. You're you're pretty sure, and and every now and then you you do catch sight of what you think might be a track in the ground. Gilly, more than once you actually, you know, I'm just going to give it to you because you're looking for it now. More than once you actually find another one of these, one of those like noisemaker traps, as if somebody has tried to. Uh, try to set it set it up and then you know maybe daggett follows those those passageways but then they leave to dead ends and then you have to find yourselves working your way back and then an hour or two goes by and you find yourselves lost you have no idea whether you're 10 feet from the entrance or whether you found you know something new but you're just kind of guessing at this point daggett you you find this intersection and you just kind of do a little uh, Follow your nose, maybe. And, and I tell them that I know for sure this is the one. And as you as you go in that direction, you do notice actually, well, this this actually does look a little different. And then you see on the ground, kind of stretched out in front uh, of your path, rock as though the 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 right hand wall as you're pa- going down this passageway has caved in somewhat and you have to like kind of squeeze past but you're able to kind of suck in a little bit but as you're passing you notice that where the the wall has caved in has left this sliver that's roughly the same width as where you're kind of squeezing now and looking through you you get this horrible scent first of all this sort of rancid scent and you can see that there is a body slouched kind of against the wall inside that little alcove of rock, like as if there was like a pocket of stone and now it's been kind of cleared or removed or or the collapsing of the rock has kind of reopened that pocket. And you can see that there is a, 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 like the like occasional flickering of faint flickering of light from what you think it might be male Daggett. Or, or a sword or metal, but there seems to be a body within this little alcove that you could potentially sneak into. 
I do become a little more frantic. Like I've been pretending to be confident this whole time saying, I know exactly where I'm going. When I see this, uh, you see a a little bit of a shadow cover my face and I kind of start scrambling towards the body. So you squeeze over and as you do, you feel your arms scrape against the side of the wall. Uh, And you're going to take uh, two points of damage as you take this huge and horrible gash on your forearm, leaving blood. Maybe you don't even pay attention or maybe you look quickly and then you kind of jump down onto the onto the ground and kind of scramble forward. And you realize as now that the light has gotten very close to the body, exhale maybe, as it is not a dwarf. Uh, and it is not anyone who has died recently, but in fact, it appears to be human-sized, elf-sized, good five to six feet perhaps, but this long decayed body, uh, you can see it's mostly just skeletal bone uh, and you can see there's dust and grime and residue over top of it. It has what looks like some kind of soldier-like armor. You can see like, you know, like the, there, there's sort of links of, of metal here and there, plates of it that are kind of overlapping. Uh, and you could tell that there's grime covering what you think is some kind of heraldry. There's a helmet that has been kind of cast aside and kind of fallen off of this now bare skull with their head kind of down to the side. And you can see there once was like, clothes or like like cloth over this but like it's so dry that just the slight touch of it just causes it to sort of rip but there's some kind of heraldry on here that seems unfamiliar to you uh, uh reniel this seems like it might be one of your kind i'm sorry oh and she hadn't quite noticed the body uh she'll come see what she can see with the cloth i'm sorry inside. your loss <laughs> You come inside, and um, I would say, I'm just going to give this to you. I don't think a roll is necessary. But if you reach down and kind of wipe away some of the dust and the grime that has caked on top of this armor, you do see a very sim- similar bit of heraldry that you maybe have seen in Oswald Breaker's books. You remember that he has been collecting the history of Arnor and the, the, the sort of the, the branched off kingdoms of Arthur Dane and Cardolan and Rudauer and whatnot. And you do see this kind of variation of the Arnor five-pointed star that looks to be more like something Oswald might've said he, he presumed the heraldry of Arthur Dane to be. You also notice that There is a sword in the ground that's kind of covered in dust. You're able to kind of move some of the dust and the the grime off of it. It's dulled, but likely a quality blacksmith might be able to to restore it in some way. It doesn't, you know, it looks just like a fairly well-crafted sword, and it's been kind of entombed within this natural alcove. And then you see as you, like, are, are dusting away some of the grime from the chest, the tunic kind of like rips apart accidentally. And as it flops forward, you see hidden underneath it, there is this beautiful dagger that has this very bright, sort of precious metal kind of wrapped around the pommel, tiny bits of jewels and such. Uh, Far more, you would would imagine, far more... um, probably worth more than this 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 sword in the ground. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Treasure three, basically. I and Irvinia will turn to Daggett and say, this poor soul has been here for quite some time, in fact. Still resting, as it were. But not one of mine. Well, regardless, that knife has been sitting here a long time waiting for it to become one of yours. And Irenia will sort of see if anyone is interested in this dagger for use. No, 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 Irenia, this is yours. You found this. This is your people. Treasure it. If we... As Sorry, Floyd Floyd. was alluding to earlier in our, we, we tend not to travel solely for purposes of exploration or seeking treasure. We often find it necessary to bear arms and fight things. So if someone can use such a dagger in combat, one might want to arm themselves with it. Well, I mean, if you want me to take it, I will. Well, it's just in the back, like, wait, wait. <laughs> and and Iridia would look at Floy first. <laughs> oh, you know I don't use dainty daggers. But I can find someone that does for a pretty penny. If so, no one immediately is going to use it for combat, Irenia will pocket it. Okay. Add three treasure to your score. Okay. It is treasure, by the way. It's not like mechanically a dagger. It's just treasure. Okay. Just check it. Yeah. If I give you a treasure score, I'm telling you <laughs> it's treasure. I don't I don't like to just like fully abstract it. I like it to have a little flavor on top of it. So while the three of them, Gilly, are debating who's going to take this dagger. You hear the faint and distant ringing, the clamping of, of like the clackling of metal on metal, like one of those those sound traps have been triggered. It's a ways away, but with the mm-hmm. way the passages works, it kind of like echoes down. You're not sure which way you heard it from, the way you just squeezed through or the way forward. You've certainly not traveled through this passageway before. This is new. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can hear it as if somebody else is moving about within these these passageways. Uh, and so I'm going to need somebody else now to to sort of push uh, again, just explore a riddle, uh, normal. Or if you wanted to try to do a different skill, it's fine. But you're going to roll it at ill favorite as it's not suited necessarily for what we're trying to do. Arunil uh, can do explore. Okay. So you step out, you tuck, you tuck the, the dagger away, maybe in your, in your pack, you, you flip it open, you look in for a half a heartbeat. You swear you see the hilt of a sword in here, but you realize it's not a sword. It's like, it's not the Morgul blade, that strange grimy pommel, but it's just kind of the, the tail end of one of your snowshoes still prepared and kind of ashy in color in a slightly different color than you've seen the wood before. Mm -hmm. And then you slide the the dagger back inside. 
step out of the out of this this natural alcove and then you continue to push into the the darkness ahead. So how'd you do on that roll? Uh just a regular success. Regular success? Okay. Yep. All right. So you continue for ways. Uh, Gilly maybe mentions the sound, maybe not. It's up to you. Maybe you listen carefully for it and you're trying to follow it. You find these kind of mm-hmm. crossing paths, but you realize that sometimes these paths are not like foot traveled, but rather just cracks in the earth that you can kind of get on hands and knees and crawl through from time to time. Others kind of go dip and you know, kind of deeper into the darkness here and there. More than once you pass by what actually looks like proper pillars, like carved and hewn in some way in the sort of the, just the first signs of adornment of some kind, but not yet finished. Uh, and as you're kind of following down that path, Arineal, the smell of death, like this, you, this rancid smell of something foul and old and, and dead just hits you in the face like like you've just been hit by a cold gust of wind. And you hear the sounds of stone on stone that as if somebody or something is kind of dragging one slab of stone across another. And you look ahead and you see that there is a room that is lit. It was for the first time you've been traveling that you've Hmm. seen any light but your own. Maybe that means you quickly, you know, can douse yours or, or whatever it might be. But you see this this sort of circular chamber of some kind with a series of those kind of unfinished pillars uh, in the middle. And you can see that along the outside of the like this this ring around the outside, there are all these different stone ossuaries. And you can see these the sort of stoic dwarven carvings that you're so familiar with. And then you see the source of the stone on stone. You see that there are people in here. And I mean human people, not not dwarves. Uh, More than once I've had to duck when you've ever moved through some of these passageways. But you can can see up ahead, there's, you count one, two, three. There are five in here. And they're kind of moving the lids off of some of these, these, you know, kind of, these 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 uh these tombs ossuaries these these boxes here and there sometimes they're just dropping them and you see the stone shatter other times they're kind of trying to carefully but it's very very heavy and i would say since you're up ahead you would notice right away uh a very familiar dress not only a familiar dress but you notice the markings along their face and sometimes along kind of like the side of their necks their arms you recognize hill folk. And so Arinia will just kind of, you know, kind of universal, kind of put her hand up so that everyone stops. Make a stealth test to see if they actually notice you first before okay. you, you make any other major changes. All right. That is a Gandalf. Okay. And uh, I actually rolled a Sauron too. Um, Uh, no additional successes okay so you quickly do that but you hear like the sounds of maybe daggett or something like that as they're still talking in the back and like there's there's 
a delay to the quiet. They get quiet on you pretty quickly. And then you see one of these individuals suddenly like look up like, yeah. What was that? Did you hear something? Is it one of those dwarves again? And like this guy in this sort of this, this hulking furs starts moving in your direction. What do you want to do? You have a moment to do something before they're able to see you. Arinia uh, will kind of back against the wall and she will um, ready her sword. Okay. So kind of in the shadow, sword out. Okay. Uh, what do the rest of you do as you see her kind of put her hand up to stop and quiet and then you see her kind of flatten herself against the wall. She's got, she pulls her, her sword out. And I would say the three of you are close enough to hear the sounds now of the stone being moved and then of the man's voice. Uh, Gilly and Floy, after a moment, when you see him getting kind of closer to this entrance, like you are kind of in this sort of half composed, uh, half composed uh, passageway leading to this, this, this chamber, you then would see in a moment, hill folk. Like you would, the two of you would recognize a dagger. You wouldn't be able to know the difference between one human and the next. So Floyd, uh, first thing I would do is put out my candles. Okay, so you quickly tr- and uh, pull out my uh, mattock, my hammer slash pickaxe. Okay, Gilly Let's and Floyd, f- follow Reniel's move here. Back up as best I can, hide in the shadows, flatten against the wall. You take your weapon out. I won't have it up. Okay. Gilly? Uh, Gilly will uh, close her lantern to, or like douse it as much as she can to make us less visible immediately mm-hmm. uh, and uh, set it down to get her bone arrow out. Okay. So everyone but Floy has weapons at the ready. You're flattened yourselves against one side of the the wall, the lights are out, so it's dark in here. Uh, they're moving forward. They have a torch in one hand, and you can see as they get closer, they have this curved sword. Now, you've encountered hill folk before, but most of the time you've seen them, they've been using fairly mun- you know, mundane weapons, clubs here, you know, a, a dagger here or there. Uh, some of them have had kind of crudely made bows, but you can see this sort of dark blade it's like the handle itself as it comes in, despite the fact that there's light shining on it. It looks dark in their, in their kind of gloved hand. And the blade itself kind of flickers a little bit sickeningly in the light as he kind of steps into the darkness. And he takes, a t- he takes one step and then two step. And then the light kind of casts over top of Arineal who's out in front. And he turns and he sees you. His eyes go wide. And he goes to do something. So I'll give you a second because you did actually, your stealth worked and he didn't. He just kind of vaguely heard you. So I'll give you a second to do something, but he's a, you can tell he's about to shout and maybe slash out at you. Uh, Reniel saw them grave robbing, so she is going to um, attack him with the sword. So Floy? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so I'll go ahead and I'll say if that's what you're going to do, this will be a uh, we'll make this like a, like your kind of opening salvo here. So go okay. ahead and roll. All right. 
That is a... I did roll a Gandalf and nothing extra. Okay, so just a regular success? Yeah. Okay, uh, what's the damage? Uh, sword is three. Okay, so they go to swing out at you, but you're able, like quick as lightning, with your blade to just swing out and kind of stab right into uh, kind of the, the side of their body, like right underneath their arm as they're kind of pulling it back to take this haymaker swing at you, and you manage to poke them right in the side. And they kind of grunt a bit in pain, uh, but they, that is not enough to take them out. Uh, other people who check out weapons, so Gilly and Daggett, you both can do something if you like. Yeah, I'll back Arrhenial up. Okay. So go ahead and roll your attacks. Uh, Gilly, if you're going to attack, you can go ahead and roll it. So go one after the other. Uh, that is a regular success for me. All right. What's your damage? Eight. Eight? Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Two doors in the party. I'm All a right, dwarf. I mind. hit hard. Never mind. Daggett dies. Daggett's die in this session. Stone collapses from above and conks you in the head. <laughs> Gilly, how'd you do? Uh, I got a great success. So I'm going to... I do eight damage. Okay. Oh, man. So <laughs> as he... He again tries to go like as he as he leans back after getting stabbed by a renial, he goes to to swing out at her and then curving out from behind her is the shadow of of a dwarf Daggett who just swoops out and with the mattock just kind of gets him right in the belly and you can see it just little blood kind of squirts out of his mouth and he looks down in shock and horror but he's still breathing and then over top of your hair, over top of your hat, Snagit, or Daggett, you hear as an arrow comes out from Gilly and just catches him right in the throat. And he falls, unable to give out his shout. You're not sure if anyone heard you, but you've taken him out really quickly. You can see that none of the other four, or any as you peek over, have started to move in your direction. What do you what do you all want to do? Oridia will want to try to quietly move uh that body into the shadows. Yeah, that's that that's no problem at all. You can do that. And easily. then she'll uh just kind of whisper to the rest of them there. Defiling dwarf graves in there. They're just pushing aside the stones and breaking urns. They're looking for artifacts for Lottie. Indeed. And they said that they've come across dwarves here. There are four others inside. Take the three on the right. I start walking in. Okay. If you just walk in unabashedly with great, uh, great pride. They will immediately see you. Uh, so, and they'll look, uh, it's another one of those dwarves. Let's take this one out like we've taken out the others. And like they kind of turn to you and like they kind of drop what they're doing. They pull out their weapons and they can see grins like, it's like one of the smart ones coming at us by himself. And they start to move out and around and looking like they're starting to surround you. 
And so at that point, we'll say like Arrhenio probably, maybe Floyd is Floyd come to help. Oh, I was seeing if he was baiting him into the tunnel or not, but if not, I'll come out. Yeah, yeah, that was totally my plan. I don't think that was your plan at all. You said you walked in there and you're cracking your neck left and right. You're being a cocky little dwarf. Uh, but we'll say like Arrhenio, Floyd, you're both there within range. And we'll we'll go ahead and say that there are four of them. We'll we'll, we'll quickly uh, we'll quickly do a, a, a small combat here. Um, okay, so there are. You can tell one of them may is the kind best of, dwarf win. One of them's kind of doing the talking here, uh, and uh, sort of you can tell is the equivalent of you would say maybe a leader type. So I'm just going to put a, little to- a couple quick tokens on the. On the map. That's the one I'm walking at. So the one off to the right is the one that's kind of doing the talking. Uh, and then there's these other three. So uh, I'm going to say your opening volley's gone, so we're done with that. But go ahead and um, I would say assign your, you can go ahead and assign yourselves to where you want to go. So put yourself in stances uh, or, tell, or say what your stances are at least so I know. And then uh, we'll go ahead and get this started. Uh, one forward grunts. for me. Okay, forward, forward for, as well. For, so, yeah, forward so, as well. Okay, so Daggett, you you take the one that looks a little bigger, the kind of the the, the leader of the group. Uh, then Arrhenial and Floyd, go ahead and put yourselves on one of the other un, untaken targets. My foundry might be bugged. Okay, I'll just put you on one. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm having trouble with it too. Yeah, it's probably because the map is gigantic, so it's a very mm-hmm. sl- like the, I'd, I'd use one of the very big Eridor maps. Uh, okay, and then uh, I'm assuming Gilly, you're you're in uh, you're in rearward. Rearward. All right, I'll, and I'll say that the the extra one is probably going to go towards Daggett since Daggett was the first in, so that one will come towards that. So there's going to be two on Daggett. Bring all it right. on. All right, so you uh, so we've got three of you are in in forward stance. Daggett, you started us off, so it's your turn. What do you want to do? All right, swinging the mattock. I'm going to make him eat his teeth. Uh, oh, shit, that was almost a miss. Uh, let me double-check my target number here. Need a 13, so that's 9. That's a 14, but I got an extra 6, so it's a great success. Um, I'm going to use that to deal extra damage. Um, Wait, I can do that to cause a wound, right? I, I'm completely forgetting combat now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, what did you roll <laughs> on your D12? Uh, three. Uh, so, but I got a yeah. great success. So I, I, success, I don't remember what I can use the other six for. You can use that other six to increase the what would have been the die result on the D12. Yeah, that's not enough to, then. Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, heavy blow would make the most sense. Heavy blow then damage is normally eight. Okay, so then Are heavy you using blow a would two-handed your, weapon? Two-handed weapon, yes. Then you and get another fell and one. grievous. Okay, and so then, since you're doing a heavy blow, it's just what's your strength? Add your strength to it as well, and that's that's the amount of damage. Plus one for two-handed. Uh, you got it. eight, so sixteen. Okay. Uh, did you and did you factor in the plus one that Melissa was mentioning? Yes. Okay. So you go for the the one that's doing the talking, and, and they're just like stupid dwarf. Yeah, actually, that's not as well. It's like this is a stupid dwarf. Is look at him, and then you just charge in and just. Without a whole lot of fanfare, you just bury your matic like right to his chest as he screams in pain, uh, and like the scream like kind of echoes throughout the chamber, uh, but it's not enough to actually take him out and one shot. That hurt. That hurt a lot. Uh, 
Um, Floyd or Rineal, also in forward stances, which one of you would like to go next? I'll go next. Okay, go for it. Unfortunately, you weren't the people we're looking for. I've got my axe out, four pips in it. Get a bonus for forward. Gandalf, great success. Of course, of course. Uh, okay, yeah, what's your total damage? 14. Okay, do you want to use the Gandalf, it's, like piercing and everything? Yeah, piercing. Actually, just use, uh, if you just do endurance, you'd be able to take them out without without having to worry for, like, my armor roll, my defense roll. If you do, f- you do 14 total. If I use the heavy blow. If you use the heavy blow, okay. Uh, so do you is it, want. Is it piercing anyways because it's Gandalf? Or wound? Or how does it work? <laughs> I like how we just we played like we took time. one week off and it's <laughs> just completely gone. Everything's I got. All right. I do so. believe you're right that uh, whenever you roll a yeah, a Gandalf is a piercing blow. Okay. Uh, yeah, when you roll a 10 or a 12 uh, on your feet die, it's a piercing blow. Uh, and then if you, like we were talking about with, with Daggett, you also can potentially spend an extra bonus success to trigger pierce on a weapon, if you have it, to increase that that sort of D10, a D12 to try to get to a, a piercing blow. So it's an automatic piercing blow. So let me go ahead and roll my defense. What do these guys have? 2D. They have two dice. Um, I'll burn a hate to try to survive this, to get an extra die on my protection roll. Um, what's my target? I'll just tell you what I rolled. That's uh, 13, 16. I, I rolled a 20. Sounds like... Who are you swinging at? I'm sorry. No, uh, that was my protection roll against his injury, the injury oh, rating of Floyd's my weapon, bad. which is... I hardly do piercings. I'm trying to look at this. Just, just oh, look at... Injury is 20, so you hit it. I hit it exactly. Okay, yeah. so I do... I'm not outright killed, but 14 points of damage, you said? Yeah. <laughs> okay yeah they're they're more or less dead uh but not quite yeah. uh but they are <laughs> they are very close you were two away from taking this guy out okay uh so then we'll go over to arenial yep uh so i have a sword that i am going after the one that i am in front of uh, i need to do a little bit of math here uh that's a seven eight and eight is 16 so that is a hit. I did not get any extra successes, so that is just three damage from okay. my uh, short sword. So it's I'm there. just swinging, stabbing. They're all starting to close in on Daggett, and like Daggett goes charge again and buries the Matic right in the, the leader's chest, and that's when like all of you start swooping out of the darkness of the tunnel because you don't have any light currently, and what they thought was a very easy four-on-one fight has suddenly grown much more difficult as Floyd, you leap at one of them, nearly cutting them down in one fell strike of your of your axe. Arineal, you come slashing through. You try to reach one that's probably a little bit further back, so they have a slightly bit more time to kind of defend themselves, but they're like backpedaling and barely get their 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 sort of sword up to, to parry against you, but you're still able to cut them. And then we hear the sound of, what, an arrow flying out from the passageway, Gilly, or are you going to do something else? Uh, yeah, she's going to shoot the one who's attacking Daggett that he didn't attack. Okay, that sounds good. Perfect. So I got a great success. 
Okay, uh, what's uh, what's the total damage I'm, lo- I'm looking at? Uh, so I rolled a 10 on my die. So okay, so that's a pierce then. So I'll do the same thing I did before. I'll, I'll burn a hate to get an extra... I'll get, get an extra okay. uh, Your target, die my protection. Uh, I hit it exactly again. I rolled exactly a 16. Okay, so I just do... Um, I'm going to spend my 6 to do the bursting damage, so 8 damage. The heavy blow. Okay, so eight or damage. Heavy blow, right. Sorry, yeah. Uh, so they are they. <laughs> they look down and like they're looking. Their eyes kind of squint at the, you know, at the the, the actual passageway that that's encased in darkness. You don't have your lantern out, but you're shooting into light, and so it's like an arrow just came out of nowhere and just plunged <laughs> right into their chest. Um. Okay. So their turn. Uh, we'll start with Daggett since there's two of them. Uh, they're gonna on on him, and he's they're all gonna get an extra. Uh, they're, they're, at least I get one shot with this guy. So <laughs> we'll start with the one that just got shot with the arrow. We'll shift around to kind of put Daggett between him and this passageway of, of fiery arrows. And we'll swing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my extra die, obviously, because of just the numbers. I'm not going to spend any extra hate. Uh, it's a 10 on the die. There we go. Uh, no extra successes though, since nine, it's thirteen. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not right. Uh, nine, thirteen plus ten is twenty-three. Uh, Fifteen parry. I am oh, no longer Erebon. Oh, you know what? You're also in forward stance, so I actually do get yep, an extra, you get an extra die. One more. And I did roll a six. Look at that. <gasps> oh, look at that. I'm so oh, glad no. I remembered that. Okay, so what do I want to do? Take a look at his weapon really quick here. So he's got just a. So the base damage is just five. Um, hmm. <laughs> well, I did roll ten, so I think that's pierce. So that's that's a so roll protection roll. Um, and then, yeah, roll protection roll against an injury rating of sixteen. And then uh, that's 6, 12, 18, 22, 25. All right. So you, you do not take a wound. Uh, you will, however, take five points of damage from the slash. Is that it? Well, the next one, the one who's actually uh, got better better stats, will go next. Uh, so that one will go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then they're going to swing down at you with a much longer, like, looks like a two-handed weapon. Um, I will burn a bit of hate, so I'm going to end up with, so I have three from his rank, one for outnumbered, uh, one for assault, or for you being in forward stance, and I'll, I'll get a sixth one, uh, so I'm going to roll that against you. That's a lot of dice. I did roll three ones. Uh, I, <laughs> I did. I did roll a total, but the total is. I, good thing I spent so many dice. Uh, Fifteen total is an eighteen. That's it. With one, and I did get one six. Uh, and I'm going to use that just for a heavy blow. So this one's going to be eleven points of damage. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, uh, I'm going to do. No, I'm not going to do knockback. I, I'm taking okay. it. Oh, I thought it was nothing. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll shift over to uh, Floy. Floy, you nearly took this guy out. You got him down to two health in one swing, um, but he will, he will hold 
uh, and he will at least take one shot at you. Um, you're in a you're in forward stance, so I do get the extra die, and I will burn a hate to get a fifth d6 as they swing down at you. Uh, damn Gandalf, go away. Uh, so that's a Gandalf. Screw that. But the total is still going to be 14, 16, 17. That's your parry. Yeah. Okay, 17 does hit. Okay, so I do have one six, uh, but as I said, I rolled a Gandalf, so I'm just going to do a heavy blow, uh, which means it's going to be nine points of damage from this guy. Solid. Uh, and, and then I'm going to do the exact same thing to Arineal. Uh, since you guys, thank you for making it easy. You're all in fourth stance. <laughs> uh, God, so many ones. Uh, seven, 13, 16. I st- good thing I'm rolling a ton of die. 21. Oh, yeah, my parry 16. I uh, get one six, but I'm nowhere near. Uh, so I'm just going to do a heavy blow. I'm just going to do a heavy blow. So it's the same thing, nine points of damage. They have the same stats. Okay. Okay, and that is their turn. Uh, new round. Any stance changes? Forward all the way. Okay. Floy, forward. Yes, forward. All right. Arineal, forward. Yep. All right, go for it. Okay, so, uh, same order then. I guess I'll go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, go for the injured one again. They're Why both not? injured. One of them you injured by burying your, ma- your oh, mat yeah, into its chest. The other one has an arrow sticking out of it. Uh, They're both very Go for the one that I already injured myself. Go for it. That uh, one's definitely closer to death. It needs the stronger one. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm weary, so I throw out that two, but it's still a success. Uh, with an extra six that I can make piercing this time because I rolled an eight on the uh, feet die. Okay. So uh, eight plus two is ten for piercing, right? Doing that right? Eight plus two is ten for piercing. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. uh, injury rating 20. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Let's see if you just kill him with the wound. Uh, I rolled a 19. Oh, my God. Uh, so describe your kill, Daggett. I said I'm going to make you eat your teeth. And I initially had the Matic with the point side in his chest. I pull it out, flip it around so it's the blunt side. And I just hit him square in the jaw, just crushing his lower head. And he collapses to the ground. The guy next to him with an arrow looks down at this guy, looks at you, looks at the fact that there's another human. And then there's arrows. You can see like there's fear in his eyes that have suddenly like he's kind of recalculating everything for a moment. Um, we'll go over to Floyd then next. You nearly took this guy out in one shot to begin with. What do you like to do? Just upswing my X, try to catch him here. Okay, man. Extraordinary success. <laughs> Describe your kill. You're good. <laughs> you had two health left. <laughs> upswing my ass. It catches him the in the chest. His chin just splits in half. So you see as he looks over, like like you hear the, the this horrible, sickening like crunch and yelp from the leader and who falls. And the guy like hesitates as he looks over top of your head in the direction of where his leader just fell, which gives you just enough time as he looks back towards you like he's about to run but you catch him and you just this vertical slash like upswing and his his whole chest his belly just like rips apart and he falls okay uh Arineal Arineal kind of looks around and she clearly has has an expectation of what she's going to be able to do with this 
Oh, goodness, let me, uh, 4, 8, 12, 14, 14. Oh, gosh. Just got it. And don't worry about that pierce bonus issue, Stephen. You would have done enough damage with your with your normal endurance to take them out, so it's all good. Thanks for pointing that out, Mel. I need to remember that for the future. No problem. Okay, no extra successes, uh, but I did uh, succeed. Uh, what's the damage? Three. Three again? Okay. So yeah, you're, you're, three. you're cutting him down systematically. Like you don't necessarily have these huge blows that the, the dwarves are doing, but you're, you're very carefully shifting and moving and like dodging his swings. One of them kind of clips you ever so slightly, but then you catch him in the other arm. And so you're just death by a thousand cuts onto him. Gilly, what would you like to do? You see Daggett now, the one that, uh, that he was fighting has fallen. The second one that you had put an arrow in is still on him, but you can see that he's kind of hesitating now. He's kind of got the, the sword up kind of in sort of this defensive posture in front of Daggett. And you can tell he's he's been he's been harmed by the arrow, but his confidence is wavering. What would you like to do? Um, I would like to I'm going to shoot him. Okay. Yeah, I was ahead. thinking of something different, but I was like, mm, maybe no. I'll let him. No, no, I'll just shoot him. I'm just so bloodthirsty. It's bloodthirsty Ashley time. <laughs> uh, that's another great success, and I got a ten on my die. Okay, uh, that's going to be because it was eight points of damage, right? Yeah, eight points eight's, of damage. Yeah, eight's how much health they had. So just with that, so describe your kill. You're able to take them out. So. This guy, is, uh, he's got his sword up, and he's confused, and his mouth is kind of hanging open a little bit, and that's where Gilly's arrow just kind of, like, hits him right in the mouth, and he falls right, backwards. Like, kind of bends the lip back, kind yep. of crunch. You could hear the crack of teeth, Daggett, as the arrow just sinks into the mouth, the, the, the arrowhead bursting of, like, out the top behind, of his mouth. Yeah. and they just fall. Comes to the last one, still alive on a renial sees the three of them on the ground, sees you. Now, you're in this circular chamber. It's probably, in terms of diameter, probably about 40 feet across, but there's like these outer rows of these these stone tombs here and there with all the dwarven carvings on them, pillars here and there. Some of them attacked, some of them crumbled. There are, which you can tell, what look like these four different ways out of here, each one with this sort of kind of freeze-like carving around the archway. You just came out of one. Mm -hmm. And then you also notice in one of the walls right behind him, there is just this, you know, maybe about five to ten steps behind him, there is this this crack in the stone. And you can see it's just cave. And so it's as if, like, there's been some sort of opening here. He kind of Got looks, it. he looks, he looks, he, he looks like he's almost going to swing at you, but then he runs. And you see him kind of turn and just bolt Mm -hmm. right into the right into the cave and he gets maybe three four steps into the cave and then a renial you hear <laughs> and you see this massive arm just suddenly sweep down and just crush him to the ground this huge patchy furred paw with massive claws and pins him, and you hear this crunch of his bones. And then you hear, 
as like these these huge like bear like arms are just slashing and slashing and slashing. And then this head kind of you can see just enough light from some of the, the sort of the sconces that they had lit in here. And as it looks up at you, this creature, it's got the body of this this hill folk kind of limply hanging from its mouth, like a cat that had just, you know, fought a mouse. You see this huge face that is part bear, scarred terribly, but with this strange kind of human quality to it. Like you can see like emotion in it. You can see Marathel's carvings from Forlond. You can see the creature and the ice fisher near Othran Gull, and you hear the and then you watch as it backs its way into the darkness, dragging this hill folk body with it. And that's where we're gonna end tonight's session. Yeah. What? Hey, what's up? Yo. No. Oh no. Oh my god. Is that Snagit? Did he grow since we last saw him? No, it's not Snagit. No. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Go talk to him. Go talk to him. Is it a full moon? Is that you? Oh, no. All right. Awesome. We're back to wondering. Good sessions. Feels good. And we get to play next week, too. So we know it's going to. Oh, it's great. It's great. Going to remember stuff. It's cool. That was a great little combat to get back into the swing of things. Exactly. Got a little combat, nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. A little journey, kind of remembering some of the rules here and there, dusting them off. We play, like Griffin's right. We play a ton of systems, and so like <laughs> even when you take a week off, like you think that's not so much time, but we play like three or four other systems oh. in between. Like you kind of like get kind of combobulated. So that okay, your, your cheat sheets and foundry are so helpful to pull. I know, right? I'm yes. like, <laughs> I sometimes look at them. I'm like, I really hope I made this cheat sheet correctly when I originally made it. You know, because it's one of those things where, like, if you you learned it wrong the whole time, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's right. The, the journey stuff we're good on, and especially since we tweak it for for our purposes. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I like to go a little bit deeper into some of the events. All right, then uh, let's do a little, uh, little some some plugs here, and then we're going to find somebody to raid. So, Stephen, why don't you start and tell us what what you got coming yes. down the pike this month, man? Uh, my Tuesday slot will be coming back January seventeenth. Uh, Jeff will be there, Melissa will be there, Aaron will be there, and we'll be bringing in a new cast member. Uh, we'll be playing Forbidden Lands, uh, homebrew setting. Uh, same mechanics and everything. We're just going to tweak the setting a little bit using a bit of inspiration from like bitter reach, uh, should be a lot of fun. We'll be doing a weekly forbidden lands for this foreseeable future. Yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, if you're a free league fan, you're going to be very excited for what we're doing on the channel over the next couple of months is we're not going to, we're going to have not just one wondering, not just two forbidden lands. But three free league games is where later this month on, on Fridays uh, in, in place of where we just finished up our Regency Cthulhu, we're going to also be doing some Blade Runner. So three free league games over the next over the, over the start of the 2023. So very, very fun and very excited. Uh, however, let's see. Uh, what are we got next? So Monday, uh, we're playing uh, The Dead Are Coming, which is a Mark of the Odd or Into the Odd Electric Bastionland style of game. We've played it here on the channel a bunch before. This particular one is zombie themed, and so you're going to see some familiar faces. Everyone but Steven, uh, he was invited, uh, but he he, mm-hmm. he basically flipped me <laughs> off uh, and told me to get bent, which was really weird because I don't think anyone says that anymore. Like, like who says get bent anymore? But that's what he said. I'm an old soul. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and even then, if not literally emotionally. Exactly. <laughs> He's from the peninsula, Jeff. <laughs> this is how we go to the peninsula. Oh goodness. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know all these references, we're making references to our Regions of Cthulhu games. You should go watch that. Uh, and then Friday next week, uh, the penultimate episode of our Hunter the Reckoning Chronicle, or at least season one. Uh, I think we all like the game a lot, so we're probably going to be coming back to either Hunter or uh, or Werewolf maybe when the new version comes out. I think we all like it, so World of yeah. Darkness will be coming back. But penultimate episode for this arc. Uh, so come check that out. And then Saturday, obviously, you're going to bring me back to this. Uh, but uh, we got a, a lot of exciting things. We got some big plans for 2023. We want to revisit some old games that we've played before. We want to start up some new games and kind of some new giveaways and things like that. So some cool things coming down the pike here in the first couple of months of 2023. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and raid our, uh, let's see what we got, Lost Caravan RPG. So follow the raid. Uh, if you haven't followed the channel, either here or on YouTube, follow us, please do so. It'd be great. We'd love to have you. Thank you for everyone out tonight. Thank you for those of you who threw out a couple bits. Uh, Captain Karine, John, hope you feel better, man. Uh, and uh, those of you who sub tonight as well, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, but follow the raid, follow them, follow us. We'll catch you on Discord. Say hi. Have a great rest of your weekend. Bye-bye, everybody.